We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. They stole it. Just like I knew they would. Somebody stole the little nipple, Bob. No, your nipple was somewhere. It always is somewhere, Joe. No. You come on here and you complain about your nipple a lot. I leave a nipple here, somebody goes away with my nipple. No. It's in your it's in your bag. You're just a little rushed today. Calm down. Take a sip of coffee and let's go. No coffee for me, Bob. (laughs) And uh And you're still losing weight? Yeah. You're eviscerating yourself. uh, I'm at least uh well, no thanks to you. You keep telling me I'm gonna Go back to my old ways. Everyone does. But you know what? I'm using you as motivation. I went home to Buffalo this weekend to visit my folks, and that brings up anxiety, and then I want to eat my feelings. And I, right when I was going to have a peanut cluster uh, at my dad's <laughs> p- apartment, I thought, Bob, this is what Bob said would happen. Things come up, and I will relapse. Yeah, I don't so wish that on you, but I'm just telling you. You're giving me just, motivation. Well, good. I'm glad I can help you that way. Yes. I just... Try to mix in a salad once in a while. That's my only strategy when it comes to weight. Uh, I'm never going to lose what I have. Not that I want to. I've been relatively, uh, <laughs> I've been relatively <laughs> same weight for you know give or take five or ten pounds. So I just try to do the same things every day. And when I feel like I'm overeating, I mix in a salad. That's good. And yeah, you're a healthy it. man. But it's every it's every person for themselves here. And I have to do what I have to do. And I would appreciate your encouragement. But actually, you're motivating me. Hold on. I'm changing Crowley's mic. He's the one that stole my nipple. Why don't you entertain the masses, Bob? Yes, Joe Starkey has reached into his um, germaphobe bag and changed. Uh, these are not nipples. What are you changing now? These are the, I don't know what they're called. They're called, I don't know what they're called. I don't know they're what they're called They're styrofoam yeah. things that go over the mic. How are you, Bob? I'm wonderful, Joe. How are you? It's a beautiful Monday morning in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, we're here for another day. I still miss Ron. I realized. I was just texting with him this morning. Why is this happening? I didn't think I'd miss him at all. Instead, it's increasingly. I asked him if he went to the Fort Myers game yesterday because Derek Shelton asked him to, and he didn't go. A lot of people asked him to. Yeah, and he didn't go. No. He he said, I've seen enough games. Yeah. So he's enjoying the sun. Instead, it's going to be 75 degrees today, and he's going to chill out, and that's good. I went to Domenico's Friday night. That's how much I miss Mom. Mom. I was going to say Mom, how much I miss Mom. That's how much I miss Ron. That's a I good place. I went to Domenico's. I took my wife. Yep. I'm going gonna, gonna to go out there, too. Uh, we had a good time on the night we sent him off. Ron's was... pick photo is still up over the bar. Well, it should be there forever. It's like the ghost of Ron. He used to sit in the same seat. I mean, it was, when I say it was like cheers, I'm not exaggerating. All the different eccentric characters, including Ron, the, you know, long time, there's the long time sports writer radio guy who sits at the end of the bar mm-hmm. all the time. 
and then everybody cried. Well, you're there when he passed out the little things of whiskey, yeah, were you? Yeah, little things. And then everybody cried. Notably wrong. <laughs> he had a good send-off, so I'm sure he's still thinking about those days, that week. <clears throat> Nellie, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Joe. You're welcome. Bob, have you said hi to Nellie and asked about his You confuse me with all your nicknames, though. I get thrown off once in a while. This one's an easy Nelly one. is not, that's the, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't do it for it you? It does, yeah. Nope. Charles Nelson Riley shortened to Nelly. His name's Charles. I, I mean, that's pretty that. easy. I just you you understood Folsy? I like that. I've been called bourgeois before. Bourgeois. Bob, there's a lot of news here as we present Off the Top, brought to you by JP Roofing and Siding. We have all kinds of treats today. We're going to talk about certainly this Brian Russ situation. And the Mason Cole situation, and the treats are just overflowing. But you know where I wanted to start? Because I just read it. Peter King copied Ron. Did I you saw see that, that this today? morning. Yes, 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 he did. And he uh, said He's 44 calling. years. And I, I read the piece, and, and, and in it he described what I think a lot of people go through. No matter what the career you're in, 44 years, you said, I just found myself not as interested in doing what I've been doing. I just lost interest in doing it, basically. And when you do it every, you know, this this can be a very stressful business when you have deadlines and things, and you guys know, writing columns all the time, it can be a challenge when there's, there's a dry week, there's nothing going on, and yet you're required to do it. So. Are we next, Ron? I mean, Bob? No, you're far away. You have so many years ahead of you. It's a new show. It's called The Joe Show. Where are you going? Not for long, and there seems to be a lot of intrigue as to who's going to join me, doesn't there? Yes, there is. Maybe you could, Bob. I told you, you know, that's, for now, Monday is, I can't, I got a full boat. I got a full boat going on. No, I can't. You said you don't do anything on Fridays. That's my, one of my days off. What do you want me to do? Work. Call my wife. You can negotiate that deal. Sacrifice with her. your Saturday show and work Fridays no, with me. No, I like Saturdays. I, uh, I get a kick out of Saturdays. No, because nobody comes after you on that show, like Ron and I. No, that's not true. I just like talking to people, and it's just like a free two hours of sitting at the bar at Dominico's or anywhere else and just talking, so I like that. But you never know down the road, Joe. Well, of course, down the road, we're both going to be done, Bob. <laughs> we're going to be cooked. Like a Thanksgiving no. turkey. Do you have? Do you actually think of retirement? You shouldn't. No. You're too young to no. do it. No. Once you start thinking about it, you're retired. Isn't Pretty that much. Chuck I think Noll that's, that's what uh, Peter King was saying this morning. Well, let's take a look at his place in the pantheon of great football writers. He's up there. I don't always agree oh, with that... him. I don't always agree with him. You don't have to, but that's part of the, you know, the thing that draws you to him is that he will speak his mind. He's very thorough. Has a lot of relationships. And to me, that's always the thing that I look at more than anyone else uh, or anything else. It's the relationships you build based on the trust of your position. Right. You know, because today it's too easy not to have that at all. Uh, athletes have changed. I think there's so much media out there that's changed. Back in the day, you could create those relationships. And those relationships are what get you information. So he did it very well. Dr. Z's up there, Paul Zimmerman, remember oh, him? Yeah, the late Dr. Z. Who else brings to mind of great football writers? Because the reason I wouldn't ask this about other sports, because football is just by far, no pun intended, the king of, of all sports in America, by far. Yeah. So all of us are constantly consuming as much football information and opinion as we can. 
Who comes to mind for you, well, Bob? That's a good question because those two are up there on the list. Um, oh, geez, I'm thinking baseball now. I have a bunch of baseball people that I often <laughs> look at that way. Uh, give me some time; I'll think about it. Mike Sando is one that Peter King actually mentioned. But as far as the legendary, those are current ones. As far as legendary ones, those two are at the top of the list for me. Rick Riley was always on. He, he didn't always good. write. Yeah, he uh, was great. He wrote a lot of things, but I always liked his point of view. In his prime, he was incredible. Right. And this column was great. It seems like these are coming along more often, Bob. Everybody's retiring. That's what it feels like it's right the now. circle of life. We all go through it. What are you going to do? The John, he tells a story of the John Madden bus in Kearney, Nebraska, September of 1990. <laughs> And how Madden loved to take the bus across the country. Did you ever interview Madden? Did you know him at all? A couple times, yes. Very superstitious, didn't like flying, liked that bus. That bus was one of those things people look forward to whenever they were coming into town. It's when is oh, his it bus great. getting in there. Would you take a bus trip across the country with Ron and I? Yeah, actually, I think I would. 55 hours, 3,016 miles is what the Madden bus did on this particular day with Peter King. Let's plan that, shall we? Yeah, make some nice stops. The the nice thing about driving is you can control what you're doing. You're not being told you got to go here, connect, run to this gate, do that, and you're there, and you forget. The journey is the biggest part of those. So the fun is stopping, see someplace you want to eat. Hey, well, that looks like a cool place. Let's go and eat, and we'll talk about it. And drink. And drink. Ron would drink for 55 straight hours, I think. <laughs> He's not driving, though, is he? <laughs> no, 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 no. It'll be me and you behind the wheel. Uh, one thing that King always had, too, was great access, right? And doesn't that doesn't that make the job much, much better and easier, Bob? Like, when I think of reporting and writing, I can write the greatest story in the world, but if I have Mario Lemieux on the record, it doesn't matter what the hell I write. It's Mario Lemieux on the record. Right. You know what I mean? He would go out and visit Tom Brady in Montana, after a Super Bowl. Remember that story? Sure. And Access, but it comes with the relationship building. And yes. again, to me, it was a lot easier uh, several years ago than it is right now because now you have to deal with, um, you know, a front line of security, front line of people that they all surround themselves with. It never used to be like that. And I For think sure. It, and, and your trust is, is how you, you uh, elevated yourself in the business too because then people knew that they could trust you, they would talk to you, if you burn them once, that word gets around very quickly, and you any access you may have goes away real quick. I mean, he did the he did the legwork. I remember I used to visit every training camp in the AFC North. I used to go to Georgetown, Kentucky for the Bengals, Westminster for the Ravens, Berea, Ohio for the Browns. So I used to make that whole tour, and it was great. And, man, I would see him there long before other people were there and long after them. Just working, developing relationships, mm -hmm. you know? That's what it's all about. It's no, not, it's it's not just putting a mic in front of somebody's face. It's about developing a rapport, you know, where, they, where, where you can just talk. Mm -hmm. And then later on, when you have the mic and the notebook, it's much more relaxed. So he goes out to visit Brady. And this was after the Super Bowl, after the great comeback against the Falcons. And Brady said to him, feel my arm which might seem like an odd start to the conversation, Bob, <laughs> right? So King did, and he said it wasn't like a rock. It was pliable. And Brady said, strength is important to do the job, but how much strength do you need? You need muscle pliability, long, soft muscles in order to be durable. I know how to be durable. 
I want to put myself in position to be able to withstand the crash before I get in the car. And he always did. How about that? Yeah. His, his, his interesting sort of offbeat training regimens. And when you saw Brady in the locker room, like without a shirt on and stuff, just walking around, it was like, how does this guy survive? He, he was like, was Benjamin Button the guy who was old and got younger? Am I, I right about yeah, that? I think Nelly? so, yes. Yeah. He was like that. Yeah. I saw the I saw well, the dude at 26 and he, and and he, he got, looked younger he and in better shape at 40. I swear he did. But this uh, to, to localize that Troy Polamalu with his deal with Marinovich and how he trained too. Yes. A lot of people got on him about not doing stuff here, but he did it there and he did it his way what he thought was important for his body. And I think you see more of that going on. For he, sure. I agree. It with doesn't that. always have to be the biggest bulk. In fact, if you do that, you tend to put yourself in a worse position because it could snap real quick and then muscle. All of a sudden, you got issues with tears and everything else. And here's another thing about inside access. Listen to this. I think people forget that the Super Bowl literally came down to one play before the winning touchdown. It was fourth and one at their own 34 in overtime. If San Fran makes a stop there, they win the Super Bowl. This is the kind of access and ability to, you know, siphon through information that that made Peter King. God bless you, Bob. Thank you, Joe. That made him what he was. Listen to this. So it's fourth and one. They call timeout. The Super Bowl's on the line. He's asking Patrick Mahomes this in a phone interview. How did that play happen? What happened in the huddle? Mahomes tells him we were going through our plays. We're trying to decide if we want to run or pass. I was thinking of passes because I wanted to have the ball in my hand. But MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, came into the huddle and was like, let's go with slide tees, which is wild, Mahomes said, because it's not even a play designed for him. It's designed for Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. And when he said it, it clicked to me. I was like, that's it. It's perfect. King says, what does it mean? He said, it's a bootleg where I fake a run and get on the perimeter. He's got Kelsey sliding across. And he did, yes. He's got, he's got Rasheed Rice sliding across after that. And he told Reed, if it's not there, I'm going to run for it. How many times have we been just incredibly infuriated with the Steelers? Because they, remember with Canada, and I'm trying to remember a specific instance where he had no back next to him, something like that. So, so their, well, well, they their, had a their, few their of options those where it was are like so limited. And one or two, and it turned out to be fourth, and or they turned the ball over because loss of five, right? Or even third and short turns out to be fourth and long because they called some ridiculous play that didn't right. make sense. Now I get it; they don't have Patrick Mahomes, and neither does anybody else. But the play call itself had tons of options. Possibilities. And yep. maybe more importantly, had somebody weighing in whose, whose opinion counted. I mean, the word was with Canada that it was a dictatorship even during the week, not very inclusive. So I think that's very instructive, but it's also just interesting, isn't it? That oh, that's how is. that play came about. But it's also a trust level they have in one another and, and the fact that he wasn't involved in the play and he called it because he knew it would be six. And it was. It was – when you, whenever you have fourth down and one, to me, the best play call, if it's not a quarterback sneak when you have a guy who's capable of doing it over and over and you know the success rate is high, yeah. it's options. You have to give yourself options in case. That's it. It can't be just one specific That's thing the key and if they stop too. it, you're done. And but it's also make sure on this play that the best player on the field has the ball. I remember it was yeah. a play at Syracuse a long time ago, a fourth down in a pit loss 
where Tyler Palco, the, the play call wasn't for, it was for him to hand off on a fourth down. It's like, come on. Just, I, I can go home and look at myself in the mirror and live with that and get to sleep if I let my best player make right. the decision. Not on that. When you have a bootleg and a guy who's as capable of Mahomes or any really fleet-footed quarterback taking on whether it's a linebacker, <clears throat> even a defensive back coming up, you're going to get a yard or more almost every time. You know what the game of Peter King's career was, Bob? Super Bowl in Arizona? Nope. God bless uh, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't January have. January 3rd, 1993, Orchard Park, New York. Oh. Buffalo Bills 41, Houston 38. What a comeback. Frank Reich and the, and the people who thought they were dead at halftime. Everybody left the building. You must have some great stories. About or that. a lot of people. I shouldn't say everybody. Frank Reich told Peter King, this was recently, or just the other day, looking back on the game. He said, at halftime, we're down 28-3. I feel this hand on my shoulder as I'm walking down the tunnel. It's Marv Levy. He says, and I swear, Frank, you led the greatest comeback in college history. Now you're going to lead the greatest comeback in NFL history. Because Reich had done that with Maryland. How about that, Bob? Huh? Yeah, that was amazing. Was it 28? Was it 20? Well, well it was 35. Right after that, three. he threw a pick six. Right. It was 35 to three. Yes. Which was the biggest deficit. Amazing. And then he came back with four touchdown passes. Where were you that day? At Sam Nover's house? <laughs> I don't know. You're asking me something. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember watching it thinking, holy cow, this is actually going to happen. It I was had the greatest away. game in NFL history. And then I flicked back once I saw a couple of scores. I'm thinking, oh, they're making this interesting. Kind of reminded me, in a playoff version, of what we saw when was it Tennessee that went to Kansas City and had him down twenty-one to nothing really quickly? Or was it was that what I'm thinking about? It was a uh, Tennessee against San Diego last or against the Chargers last year in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was uh, twenty-seven-seven at the half. Oh no, it was Houston and Kansas City. The one I'm thinking about. Remember, with Bill O'Brien as as the head coach, they played in a play. Wasn't it that there was like twenty-one to nothing remember. early in the it game? It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. You don't see many of those kinds of comebacks, though, for sure. All right, Bob. There's a couple of other little games I want to play with you later about that. Uh, Peter King talking about the favorite people that he ever interviewed and least favorite. I want to ask you such questions later if you would care to indulge. But in the meantime, we have Penguin Talk, and we have Brian Rust injured, and we have uh, a week of games to look at since Kyle Dubas spoke, or at least a couple games since he spoke anyway. Let's do that next and talk about the trade deadline, which is right around the corner, and whether these games in which the Penguins got five out of six points, they won the last two, whether they mean anything to you, whether you think they should mean anything to Dubas, who is monitoring this team, and letting them tell him whether he should either bring in people at the deadline or get rid of them. Let's talk about that coming up. 412-928-9370. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Edgar Snyder & Associates Fan Text Line, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the time right now, Bob, is 1021 and 41 seconds. Now 42 seconds. Now 43 seconds. Doesn't time go by too fast? Yes, we're heading into March, Joe. 
Everybody's retiring. My kid's getting ready practically for college. Yeah. She's at and the end of her sophomore year. Everybody's gone. Everything changes. Everything gets worse. This is why you will eat more than you have in the past. And your diet will disappear. Thank you. And you'll revert back to the old Joe Starkey, not the new Joe Starkey. This is what happens. I'll remember. I'm that. trying to motivate you. Next time I'm trying I'm, to motivate you. Next time I'm one on one with a peanut cluster. I'm gonna remember <laughs> that, Bob. Thank you for motivating me. The time right now is now ten twenty two and nineteen seconds. Now twenty seconds. Now twenty one seconds. Brought to you by Gina G and Petro of Remax Select Realty. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the NBA on FanDuel because things aren't happening as I thought they would last night. First of all, I thought that the Warriors were going to have a great game against the Nuggets, and they were up by 15, and then it all went south. Then it all went south on them. They should have played Steph Curry more, so I can't guarantee minutes. I can't do that, and right now he's in a little bit of a slump. But Jokic, I'm not telling you anything you don't know with him. Uh, go over on everything, every single night. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, the Penguins are sort of hanging around. Sort of hanging around, I'll say, Bob. But these last two games, I wasn't overly impressed. Great, they got the two points. They needed the two points. I appreciate that. They also had teams that had played the day before. They had the very unusual situation of waiting at home 
on a team that had played the day before. And a tough game. You know, the Rangers played, and they had won nine in a row, ten in a row, and the Flyers played a good game that day. Right, very but, emotional game they played. And Montreal had a very tough game, I believe. Was it at Boston before they came mm. here the day before? So you, you got to win those games. But the Penguins' situation, I suppose, looks a tiny bit better. They're ahead of the Islanders, at least based on points percentage, because they're tied with 60 points, but they played 55. The Islanders have played 57. The Penguins have games in hand. They do. They're still chasing down the Flyers for third. I think it's realistic they could catch the Flyers. The problem is the Devils and Capitals are in between those two. And then they're nine behind the Lightning, who have now won two in a row. Ten behind Detroit, which is much better than I thought they would be. And they have five games in hand on the Lightning, which is a lot. This West Coast trip, man, I can't imagine there's been too many more potentially significant Western Canada trips than the one that's about to happen, really in the history of the franchise, I'll be honest with you. It's right at the trade deadline. You have a GM who allegedly hasn't made up his mind about this team yet and is waiting to see what happens. All right, so the Penguins, since Duba spoke, have taken care of business here with a couple wins. Let's see what they do on this trip. I'm not particularly encouraged by what has happened just for the reasons I said, Bob. The teams they played played the day before. I don't even think the Penguins played very well. So why would I be strongly encouraged by that? However, there is a little tiny thing I am encouraged about. A week ago, Around a week ago, after they lost to the Kings 2-1, I said it's time to open up the spigots, that there's a misconception that somehow a low-scoring close game is less risky than a high-scoring close game. Play offense. Go score. Turn people loose. Give up more chances. Get more chances. And I feel like that's happened in the last week. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think it might be their best chance. They got over four goals in three straight games. And that hasn't happened all year with the Islander game. Now, they lost that game. Um, but then you had the Montreal game and then the one yesterday. And, I, you know, that 7-6 game, to your point, to me was not a very well-played game. Too many opportunities. Uh, again, shorthanded goal given up, sloppiness at times. But they got two points out of it. And, and, and I had the same feeling you did. I thought, given the fact that the Flyers had played such a hard game the day before, that the Penguins would come out and really take it to them early and make this a non-eventful uh, game, uneventful game. And instead, it was them who scored first. They kept battling back, and that's still a trend that bothers me from the Penguins. Every time they get leads, they give, they give them back right up quickly. They don't even, you know, 4-2 yesterday, I'm watching that thing, and the Flyers are dead at this point. It was a, re- a, a, be- a Bemstrom goal on a power play. They're dead. Next thing you know, they get two goals in a minute, and they tie it. It was then six to four. What happens? They get a goal to make it six to five. It's seven to five. They get a goal to pull seven to six. They keep coming. And that's what they are. They're a young team that plays well for Tortorella. But the point is, they're making it too hard on themselves. I get what you're saying. You identify their strength as something that has been their weakness, which is surprising, but maybe they are better suited. And that puts a lot of emphasis on your goaltending then. Yeah. And you're going to have to make all these tough saves on odd man breaks if you're going to play this way. I don't think that'll be successful this week if they choose to do it. You have Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, and Calgary. That, those are tough games. Two of those teams are elite, I think, starting with Vancouver. If you start playing, you're going to get burned. They have too many good players. I know, but do you really want to see them play the other way? 
I don't know. I'm bored. I, more, I, more than anything else, I'm bored. Where you want to be entertained with Penguins hockey. That game yesterday, I'll sign up for forty of those. I, I always this topic comes up every year. I feel like we we've all become brainwashed into being Mike Sullivan or an NHL coach. Like, oh, Penguins have to play better defensively, keep the score down, irresponsible. Be irresponsible. I was riveted to that game, unlike probably, I thought it was the most entertaining game of the season. It was 7-6. Give me more of that. Here's what I've been watching for the last month. The Penguins games from from the new year. 3-1-4-1-3-2-3-nothing-3-2-5-2-3-2-3-nothing-3-2-2-1-5-2-4-1-2-1. And then we finally got to these straight games. Just, just stop. <clears throat> it, it's boring. And the Penguins aren't supposed to be boring. So would I rather have them go out to Vancouver and lose 2-1, to one, trying desperately to bottle up the Canucks while bottling up themselves? Or would I rather have a 7-5 loss? Sign me up for 7-5. I'm not coaching the damn team. Here's I want to be entertained. Your, here's your problem with that. Sidney Crosby's line is the only line that's constantly producing, and it's because of Sidney Crosby. Period. Nobody else is playing at that level. And to expect a Malkin line to do it, he gives up routine chances anyway. 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 Right. But to expect, anyway. well, they're not scoring either. Whoever they have on that line, Drew O'Connor's done a good job, but you can't expect them or the third or fourth lines to do anything like that. So if what do you, you do? Open it you up, go into I'm the just... four corners then? No, then we have to no. watch that? I'm saying you can still be responsible, but score on your friggin' power play. How about score on your friggin' power play? I'm sick of How about score on your friggin' power play? How about that? Finally, they I'm did twice. Of the that's where that's penguins. the difference. Everything when his obituary is written, if they don't make the playoffs, the coroner's report will say power play sucked. You know what Cause else it'll of say? Co- yes, it will. That's and true. that's the reason Wait, it puts too much emphasis on everybody else. To you know play what the, game you they know can't the epitaph play. will also be on this season underneath that in italics on the gravestone. We tried to play responsibly. Get the hell out of here. Play the penguin way. Try to score. Let them score, you score. Them score, you score. I want to be entertained. Okay, you can be entertained. You know what? They're not winning the the cup anyway. You're making it sound like they have a bunch of uh, uh, French connection lines behind the Crosby line. They don't. They still have Carlson. They still have Latang. That's a power play. That's a power play. It's not. If you're telling the defenseman to pinch all day, you're going to be exposed and lose. Good. Good. Or or you might win. You want to be exposed and lose. Or you might win. They've won five. They've lost five, four. They've won four, one. They've won seven, six. Bob, here's the thing. They're not winning the cup no matter what. I want to be entertained. Okay. Entertainment hockey, to me, ramps up if you get to the playoffs. you got to get there. If you play this loosey-goosey style that you suggest, it does not guarantee their power play is going to actually work. It means – It worked yesterday. It worked yesterday only because – uh, well, they, they decided to shoot the puck. Yeah. They're going to revert back just like you will revert back to eating. They're going to revert <laughs> back to what they do, well, no. which is – Pass, pass, perimeter, pass, 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 perimeter, pass, 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 pass. I'm not talking about their power play. I'm talking. I am. That's the whole key well, to this. Well, yeah, you know what? You play this way, you get on the power play more. You put more pressure on the other team. Instead of standing around in the neutral zone like pylons and having people skate around you anyway, and then having Sully talk about we need to be hard to play against and be responsible with the puck, if I hear that one more damn time. Crosby had five points yesterday without that. He's the only one. I'm telling you. Yeah, you it, tell it was me, entertaining, you, wasn't it? They better get you know, Russ. Here's another complicated problem. You have an injury to Russ, which we don't know about. I know. Compiled with no Gensel. Now who's going to do your 
uh, up and down run. Time for Gino to have a little run. Okay, well, he's at two goals in 22 games. Well, maybe now he'll go on a run. He looked a little bit more lifelike. No, he didn't. Yesterday he had no shots and no attempts, right? (laughs) Am I right about that, Bob? If he did, I don't remember him. Hold he needs. He needs here. to. He needs to do. He needs to take it. If you're going to sign him because you want this group to be better, those guys have got to produce more. I, oh my! I'm God. not suggesting, by the way, that you are wrong in your assertion here that they they shouldn't look to to be more. You know, when the time is right to, to press the offense. But what I'm saying is to expect this team minus Crosby, who who is going to do that on this team? Is it going to be your fourth line right now as constructed? No. Your third line? No. Is it going to be Malkin's line? Maybe, maybe not. You have two elite offensive defensemen who can drive play, who can take chances, who can lug pucks down walls, who can jump into rushes or take it down the ice themselves. I, I've sensed in the last week that there's been a little bit more of, of an opening of the spigots. I think Sully listened to this show last Tuesday and mapped out a strategy right after it. He might well have done it. I think he absolutely did. So you have Carlson, you have Latang. I mean, hopefully Gino can get it going a little bit at some point, unless do you think he's just done? He didn't have a shot or an attempted shot in a 7-6 game. How is that possible? Yeah, I don't know. O'Connor can play that way. But also, let me me, me tell you something. He can play that way. Another thing from yesterday, you're not going to find the awful goaltending that you saw from Cal Peterson yesterday. You're right about that. He was awful. What is Torts doing? If he makes the change after the Penguins' fourth goal, that That's, hideous it, Bemstrom yeah. goal, that they win that the game. That was as soft as you'll get. And the Raquel goal was not much better. He, he did not get from, over. from the goal line on either side of this guy. Because he's late getting over there. He stinks is what he does. Why is he – what is Torts looking at, Bob? Well, who who else does he have? I don't know. I mean, Carter Hart's out with – he's on his indefinite leave, and that's left them naked in goal. This guy is horrible. Cal Peterson. They His went, save percentage is 864, Nelly. They they went from having Carter Hart as the guy for the next 10 to 12 years. He's never going to play in the NHL again. So they're kind of just left with Sam what, what, what is the What is the latest on that whole situation? Uh, I, you know. They're still – they were all charged. Now they're just waiting for the legal – I mean, I, to, who knows if he'll ever play again, but he ain't playing this year. No. That's for sure. Um, and this guy, this guy, Cal Peterson. That was the worst goaltending performance I have witnessed in an NHL game all Again, year. And Tortorella to me, it let takes it something away from the Penguins ha- scoring seven goals because a lot of those. Were I do cheapies. agree. I do agree with that. That's a salient point, Bob. I like the word. Harrison did play the day before too, so maybe they were just giving him a break for their next game, which is against Tampa. I hear that, but man, you got a game to win, and it's very winnable. And you're going to let this guy uh, play like a sieve. I mean, he was he was just god awful. I felt like every shot they took was going to go in, no matter where it so was. Did I. And then clearing most of them attempts did. from their own <laughs> zone, whatever did. it was. I'm just saying, there's a fine line there, and you 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 have to play it without playing it to the point where you cause your own death, and and that's a tough thing for well, them. Well, their right own now. death is probably imminent anyway. I just you know, l- listen, they, All right. they have a pretty good defensive team this year. Yay! I want to watch entertaining hockey. Where, where, the most where, where entertainment hockey is getting in the playoffs, and I still think they can do that. These games in hands are obviously very important, and so is this trip. If you believe Dubas for what he said, he's going to use this trip to decide what he does at the trade deadline. Well, here's basically. the thing, Bob. Here's the thing. If they merely split on this trip, so they go to Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, and Edmonton, there's eight points out there. If they get four of those eight points, 
Then they come home for two, and they beat Columbus and Washington at home. Guess what? Since the day Duba spoke, they will have won six of eight games. Six so of eight. So what do you think that makes them do? Well, I'm not convinced. And you also have con- to look at what these other teams ahead of you are doing, too. If they keep winning, like Tampa and Detroit I know, but yesterday. if the Penguins win six of eight, it won't matter because they have games in hand. Even if the teams ahead of them play well. You, I'm not, First of all, I'm not convinced. Well, the two games in hand are going to come this week on two of the teams. So they'll be down to two. Because well, they go. play four games in whatever it is, six days. I'm not convinced Dubas doesn't already have his mind made up. Are that you? he is going to? Sell. Sell. Do you think he has his mind made up or that he's I think it all depends on whether or not Gensel is re- re- receptive to whatever new offer they make to him. Well, now you might not be able to trade Rust if you were thinking along those lines. He has a yeah, no I, movement I clause. I know that, but those were made to be broken, right? Yeah. Looking back, they should have signed Gensel a year ago and not signed Raquel or Rust. There's no looking back, Bob. There's only looking forward. Uh, I suggested and have many times on this show that Jari is a prime trade candidate. I wrote that a week ago I know, as well. Yeah. And, and, I, and I agreed as long as the price is right. If Joe Bloomquist is who they think he is, but that's a calculated risk too because goaltenders, you never know what you're going to get from them. Nadalkovich was once the, the prize property of the Carolina Hurricanes. I know, that's the whole point. Is now that, he's regained it to some point. It's a very mercurial position. Do you like that word? Yes, I do. To add on to that, Elliot Friedman spoke on Saturday, and he said among the goalies who've been in the the mentioning, like the Markstroms and the Gibsons, that one of the goalies in Pittsburgh has been added into that conversation. It would be Jari. Of people moving. You know, well, it might be Nedeljkovic as a rental. Maybe, but Jari would be somebody who signed, sealed, and delivered for five years at a very good price. Right, and he's still young. And That'll he's, get you a lot more than But he's also signed, sealed, and delivered. And to me, we had all these questions. I think, I know we haven't gotten to a playoff game yet to, to, to see what happens there because he has not done what he's supposed to do I don't know that other people look at it the way we do with the playoffs, by the way. And I think there is something to it. He had the hideous playoff two years ago, but he was hurt last year, right? Right. Or they didn't make the no, playoffs the year last before year. The when year they before. lost game seven to the Rangers, and he came back and played. He was hurt that year. Right. That so, was Deming, Louis Deming. Yeah, broccoli and what was it? Pork and uh, pork and broccoli, yeah. Spicy broccoli spicy, and pork. Yeah. Spicy pork and – oh, who the hell cares what it was? <laughs> he was uh, – Whatever it is, you're going to eat was it hurt. soon. <laughs> He's basically had one horrendous postseason. So I'm not sure if I'm another GM, I'm thinking, oh, that guy can't win in the playoffs. We're not going to go get him. What I'm probably thinking is this guy's signed very reasonably. Right. That's the attractive thing for me. For a long time, a long at age time. 28, he has great career numbers. He wins a ton of hockey games. He's got a 915 career save percentage. Mm-hmm. Let's go get him. And it's a goaltending. The market for goalies is good right now. It's a, it's a, it's a goalie-starved league is what I mean by that. So, so what would you want in return? A real player, a younger player, an impact player, and a first-round pick? I'm giving you a goalie. I would want more. Tell me. I would want a current player who's playing well. I would want your number one pick, and I want one of your top prospects who's not playing mm. right now in the NHL. That's a lot. That's that's how you get people around the league saying that the Gensel ask is ridiculous. But I would ask it, too. I would ask that. You have to do that, or else they're going to, you know. You start there. Right. But they're, they're see, here's the thing, Bob. The Penguins are portrayed as a team with no assets because of their future draft picks and because of their barren farm Mm -hmm. system, pretty much barren. But they actually have, right now, 
I don't know if they will next year or the year after that. Right now, heading into this trade deadline, they have a bevy. Do you like that word? Bevy's always, uh, yes. It's good. It's a good word. Of play of the kinds of players that everybody wants who wants to win the cup. Good, proven NHL players. He's got tons of them. Why they can't make it work here, I don't know, but he's got tons of them. Are you speaking of Riley Smith? I'm speaking of and guys who have won cups. Riley Smith, Brian Rust, and then the other category of good NHL players who could help you, Tristan Jari, Marcus Pedersen, uh, Jake Gensel, another one who's won a cup, um, Lars Eller, Nadelkovich could be marketable. I mean, Ryan Graves, unfortunately, if you could get somebody to take him off your hands, does not That's go into that category. That's a long contract. That's a long This guy's contract. got a laundry list of the exact kinds of players that teams that want to win the cup want right now and might be inclined to overspend for. See, but that's what I look against. And if you don't take advantage me, of it now, you'll you may never have that opportunity people, again. People wonder about the asking price for Gensel. It should be extremely high. And what I'm hoping for, if I'm the Penguins, is that this is a rental player. Even if your your anticipation is not to sign him, who are you beyond, talking about? Gensel. Yeah. Any team that that feel and look at the list of teams. Do you see one team that you can make a case for slam dunk should win the Stanley Cup? The answer is no. So there are a lot of teams that feel they're close. There are a lot of teams who feel that this is the time to act. So if Gensel, even if he's just a rental for your team, yeah, he brings a bevy of playoff experience and goal production in the postseason. He has a point per game average in the postseason, and this is over a long stretch of time. I would want him just to help me get there. And for it, I'll give you a number well, one. I'll give you a lot for it. Yeah. For Lindholm, that's a good example. The Canucks went out and got him a guy they feel can can help push them toward a championship. They got a first-round pick. They got a 30-goal scorer from last year, anyway, a kid mm-hmm. who's struggling, a conditional fourth-round pick, and a cap dump. But what you got was a real player and a first-round pick, and that's where it would need to start for me, right. like you said, for Jari or Gensel, right? Yeah, but it's a, it's a tough thing. When he kept saying, Dubas, in his press conference, we need to get younger, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if that was a shot at the people in charge who, who you know, said, we got to keep everyone together. Everybody has to stay. You can't do this. How do you get younger if you're not willing to, to, to make some time. changes? Now's the time. But because, you're also the mandate this year was to these, get to the playoffs. I know. Well, so it didn't work. So it's you do not it, over so yet, it's, Joe. It's, it's no. not over yet. Well, that's what Dubas has to decide. Is it not over yet? I, I don't Because once March 8th passes – then you got these rentals. Then you got a big contract with Gensel to sign. Pedersen's going to be 29 next year, after which he becomes a free agent. You have your both your goalies. What are you doing with Nedeljkovic after after the deadline? So have you did you take did you strike while the iron was hot, or did you did you operate on a pipe dream that you're still going to make a run for the cup this year? Claude Giroux when he was traded, uh, first round pick. Owen Tippett was Owen a Tippett. big player for them. So you got a first and a third, and Owen and Tippett. Owen Tippett. Now you're That's talking. That's Claude Giroux. Now you're talking. Who's to me washed up? Yes. I, there you go. So I think this is a very critical time. I really do in Penguins history, and maybe the worst thing the Penguins could do is split on this road trip and win both at home. What do you think Dubas is looking at? It will have been Bob eight games 
since he made his declaration that, yeah, hey, basically prove it to me, and I'll either add to the team or at least won't break it up. So what do you think is the magic number that he was looking at? Because it will have been eight games since he spoke. They've won the first two. They weren't pretty by any means. I, I think you have to win. Th- you have to get six of the eight points on this trip. And then you have two more at home against Columbus and Washington. So total games will have been eight. Total points, 16. 12 of 16 points. And anything less doesn't work for you? Or what would you say? Yeah, I mean, that's what you I, – I think that's – yes. If I don't get 12, then I'm probably just on a treadmill going nowhere because you're not going to make up all that much ground on all these teams. Some, some of these teams are going to get hot along with you. I'm wondering if that's the worst thing that could happen. They get 12 of 16. So you, so you think it's fool's gold to think they'll do anything in the playoffs? Based on – well, you but kind of you, agree but, but based you, on these two wins but, against Montreal and Philly. And then let's say they but, beat – let's say they beat Seattle, Calgary – Columbus and Washington. That would be 12 of 16. All right, I'll keep you together. Maybe I'll even make an ad. Then the next games are at Boston and Edmonton. And to me, the danger is you'll be right back where, where you started and you won't have, have jumped on this when you could. Okay. But you've seen enough hockey to know that upsets happen more in playoffs for hockey than to me in any sport. For sure. You get all these low seeds that get hot at the right time. This team still has to use your word, elite players at a lot of positions, and they are. They may not be as elite as they once were, but they are. Um, You don't think in a seven-game series they can come to life? Knowing that it may be one of their last opportunity to win a Stanley Cup and somehow, some way, that leads them to a a level of of play and emotion that carries them. I don't know. Maybe that's possible. Absolutely they could upset somebody. But the question for me is could they make a legit run toward a cup? I don't think so. I really don't. And some of the elite players I talk about, I talk about them in the context of opening up games. Carlson I talk about, but but the reality is it hasn't worked here with Carlson. I don't know why Dubas intimated that he's one of the core four. Why him? Would you look to move him? I would. If I can get a right price for him, and I may have to pick up some of that salary, and that's fine, I'll that do it. That is the price to me is the cap room you get. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I... I... I'd rather have it. I work. wonder then what Sidney Crosby would think, or how much he, if he sees Gensel go and, and somebody else, Jari, whatever the case may be. I think he'd be okay with the soft because he's he does rebuild. not have a long term deal. He's coming up on an end of a contract. Did you see the Rossi story last week? Yes. Do you believe that Sid is speaking from the heart there? He basically sounded like, "Hey, they can make moves. I'm I'm here," you know. I, I think he probably is true. Yeah, I think he loves it here. I I know he loves it here. I just my point is, can he withstand? If it's not a rebuild, I don't know what you'd call it—a retool. Uh, to me, that's that's risky business for someone who's approaching you know thirty-eight, thirty-seven. As, as risky or less risky than coming back with the same cast of old guys next. Well, they're year. the ones who doubled down on all of this. Right. They, they thought they, and they, they thought they don't would, have to triple down. Okay, but by going through this process, you've tied yourself up in many ways. That's my whole point. No, you haven't. And this is your chance to untie yourself. It's a chance right now to untie yourself. Okay, give me what you're – you mentioned all these guys. What would you get for Riley Smith at this point? It's not really necessarily about Riley Smith. A, he hasn't worked out here. He doesn't fit for whatever reason. It's not working. B, you're accumulating as many assets as you can. It's more about – what a Brian Rust or a Gensel could bring you. It's more about what a Jari could bring you. What if you did decide to trade Pedersen? 
What if you decided to trade Carlson? It's about those guys. Then you throw in the, you know, the Riley Smiths and the Lars Ellers just because in Ellers case, how long's he signed for? It can't be more than a year or two at the very most. So I, I don't know. You just, then, then it's, it's piling up even more assets. Although obviously for those two guys, you're not getting huge return, but you're getting return. You're trying somehow to, to come back next season with a younger team that can still win. And we've pretty much reached the point where you at least have to have one eye on the future. You have to. Well, that's that's what he is dealing with. He's a general manager who has to do both sides of this. It's hard to do it. You've said it many times with the Steelers. When you walk that middle of the road trying to be relevant every year, but yet trying to think about the future, it's hard to do that. Yeah. You have to pick a side in most cases. We'll see. By March 8th, we'll have a pretty good answer. I mean, when you look at – I wouldn't mind having two first-round picks. Would you? Don't you think that would be a good um, thing? It depends on what's available in the first round. Uh, some of the – like, you know, if you get lucky enough to have a, a deep draft at certain I, – I, everything I've read about this, and I don't know, I'm just basing on people that write about this stuff, that it's not that deep of a, you know, generational type. You, it may take how many years for some of these guys to get up. I, right. I, just, I just look at the Penguins and there's – People we used to talk about all the time who can't seem to get here. Uh, and they were high-end, you know, Sam Poulin. I thought, based on what they said when he was drafted, that he was going to be a 30-goal scorer up here eventually, and that eventually would be before now, you know, and it's not happening. Well, if you can somehow get in the top 10 or 11, 12 picks, that's not a bad thing. Like, I would rather have prospects who I think are emerging. Yeah. In other words, I'm going to look at your system, and it's a good system, and I see some guys down here. You're deep enough to deal with one of them that you could lose or two, and I'll take those. I want to see guys who already have been drafted and somewhat developed as opposed to pure draft picks. 412-928-9370. South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Fiat brings us the 50-minute mark on the fan. Uh, that's Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Bob, coming up next, why don't we move over to the Pirates for a moment? I thought there was some encouraging news over the weekend regarding them and some discouraging news for them within the division. Why don't we talk about that? We can. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Joe, very kindly. Fan weather. Bob has a showdown at noon. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Partly cloudy throughout the day and a high of 62. You know who warned me about Ryan Graves, Bob? Our friend Nelly. Nelly did, yes. Charlie Bourgeois. He knew. How did you know, Nelly? What did you see last year from Ryan Graves to when I said, boy, the Penguins made a good signing here? You said, no, they didn't. I, I did not because uh, I saw Ryan Graves the last two and a half years with the Devils, and he was borderline unplayable uh, at the end. Why of the would last they season. sign him then to that kind of contract? I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I saw the six years, and um, I just I literally chuckled that he got six years because I know the Devils were looking at bringing him back, but they, from what I was hearing, two years at the max. I mean, those are some smart hockey people that Tom Fitzgerald's as good as it gets, although he needs a goalie. And a new coach. Maybe a new coach, too. Yeah, are they going to make the playoffs? No. Nelly, why not? 
Are they going to get a goalie? If they get a goalie, are they going to make the playoffs? No. Absolutely not. You said that the Devils are ahead of the Penguins. You have absolutely nothing to worry about in any way, shape, or form with the New Jersey Devils. He's just a bitter fan, Bob. He's lost faith in his Devils. It's, Although they have some good young talent on their they team. They have great young talent, but it's they they just they've given up the first goal of the season 72% of their games this year. They're on pace to set the record in that. Hmm. They have no goaltending. Yeah, it's just it's ugly. One of those I know. And yet they're ahead of the Penguins, although Penguins do have games in hand. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Partly cloudy throughout the day and a high of 62. What a wonderful day for golf, Bob. I have a tee time for me and you at 220. Well, you'll be by yourself. I'll be at work. Call in sick. One day. Oh, I ask you to do that a lot, and you won't in the morning. Why don't you do that? Ron's gone. He used to get mad when I played golf. Yeah, but then who fills in? You're not here. Yeah, who cares if I'm not here? <laughs> Meantime, the Good Feet Store. Speaking of golf, you've heard me many times talk about the joints of the big toes of my feet and how for many years, it's one of the reasons I quit pickup basketball, the other reason being uh, the torn Achilles against Pony in a three-game series where I was leading one game to none and about to clinch the series in game two. That's beside the point. The Good Feet store has helped alleviate the pain I was feeling all those years. I mean, it's a drag. You want to start a new exercise regimen. You want a little weekend warrior stuff. And your feet hurt, whether it's needles in your heel, whatever. Uh, pain and burning in the balls of your feet. It's discouraging, I think, is the best word. And it was for me. I hated it, and I got misdiagnosed a bunch of times. Well, what has worked to help alleviate this pain is good feet arch supports designed to provide pain relief, balance, comfort. They, they fit in my shoes. I don't have to go out and buy special shoes, anything like that. It's customized. They design it for me. It has worked for me. It could work for you. I went to the Robinson Town Center store across from Ikea. It's also one in Cranberry Township, Route 19 North, next to Walgreens. You can check it all out at goodfeet.com. Come on in and try the Good Feet feeling today. Comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief at the Good Feet store. By the way, Bob, did you have any problem with the rust, the hit on rust in the Flyers game? Yes, I did, because it was in a situation where there was no need for it. Lawton came from behind and hit him when he did not anticipate it. That was that was uncalled for. I don't know if I want to call it dirty or not, but it was uncalled for. Should have been penalized for me. It was really weird. So was the Harkins hit, though, wasn't but it? That was clean. It was clean. It definitely was. Just two very odd plays. I didn't love the hit on Rust. I'll tell you that much. I certainly did not. Well, let's move on to the Pirates for a little while, Bob, shall we? And to me, there was one story and one story only this weekend. Yeah, nice of Henry Davis that, that, that he caught. That was very nice of him. Mitch Keller played. But O'Neill Cruz moving around, and I said the whole offseason, they can say whatever they want. He can say whatever he wants. It'll be there for all the world to see when they play a game and he's out there. And I was going to be very concerned if they were babying him in camp and things like that. We didn't see him in a game for a while. But it looked like not only did he play, but he looked like he was – you know, perfectly mobile, right? 
Yeah, he did. I mean, he turned a double play right off the bat, a six unassisted double play. Uh, I'm not worried about hitting at this point. I'm more interested, as you said, with what he does at shortstop. Uh, It's taken all this time to get him back. Now, you know, hopefully it's all behind him. He's not thinking about it, and he moves fluidly. Well, that's exactly what it looked like. I'm looking at it right now, and there he is, double play. That looked like O'Neal. Did you see it? The six unassisted. Yeah. Yeah. He stepped on second. Yeah, routine. But – Routine, but also very yeah, but comforting if yes, you're a Pirate fan. To know that you, he actually did it. So that, to me, is the big deal. What did you make of the Keller extension? I mean, to me, it's it's a signing that has to happen. Uh, you know, I mean, they've spent money, yes, on guys who were here, and they gave them nice money. But if you look at the money on average, it's still – you know, well in the middle of the pack of each of their positions. Yeah. You know, it's not like, but good. They locked up guys they like, and I think that's the first step in doing it. I would also like to see more money spent in in supplemental ways that would help a team that I think, if you look at this division, Joe, I don't know that this division is going to be all that good. I don't. I would expect St. Louis to have a bounce-back year from a disaster last year, um, but I also don't think they're all that good, to be honest. I think the division is is doable if you if you do some things correctly and if they get some, you know, the key is going to be their starting pitching. How long can it take them? How deep can it go? I think that it was the kind of signing that if I were a fan, I'd be happy with for sure. But I, I never really bought into what I think is is one of three fan complaints two of which are very legitimate. The one like, oh, this guy they just got, you know, they drafted this guy. He's just going to leave when his contract's up. That one has never held water for me because other than Garrett Cole, I'm not sure I can think of too many that either became stars. Or priced themselves out of there. Yeah, range. who? Who else are we talking about? People want to talk about Joe Musgrove. Well, th- that was a baseball trade. They brought back Bednar and Andy Rodriguez in that trade, and Musgrove wasn't yet a star here. They have actually signed their own people a lot of times. The problem is they don't develop enough stars to have that dilemma more often. It's drafting and development is their main problem right up there with not spending enough on outside players. That's the other problem, and that one gets talked about a lot, and that one's legit. they got to spend more to bring people in from the outside in free agency. They have to do a better job drafting and developing but this was further proof to me that that complaint really doesn't hold much water. They actually do sign their own players. They just mm-hmm. did. They spent two fifty uh, on Hayes, Reynolds, and Keller. That ain't the problem. It's who else are you getting from the outside, right. and who are you developing from the inside, and where, where that dilemma I, actually comes into play. I wouldn't be so so bothered by the fact that they don't do it supplementally in the outside. If they had more guys they developed, then you gave more money to because they're all developing. That's right. That's what the Baltimore Orioles have done. Baltimore, if you look at how quickly they've turned things around, it's all about the proper drafting of players developing. Last year, they ended up with 101 wins. I know they played the Pirates yesterday, so I was looking at their roster. Very impressive young roster with some emerging stars, and they have a very deep farm system. So they've done things that really is available to all teams. Your drafting and developing is the one thing that you can – it doesn't matter how much – money you have invested in players. It's who you draft, how you develop them, and then you turn them into players that you want to sign right. longer I, term. I didn't love their offseason. Let, let's put it like that. Did you? No. USA like Today. Like I said, 
I looked at Bellinger. I kept harping about him because I thought nobody was making a play. There was absolutely no movement toward him, and he had a fantastic year. He's only 28. Three right. years, 80 million is doable. I don't care what people think around. I'd rather have Cody Bellinger at three years, 80 million than anything they did in this offseason. Plus, there's two player options, so it's really a one-year deal. Right. It's a one-year deal, and they're talking about another Boris client, Blake Snell. He may sign a similar thing where it's, a, all right, one year, prove it again. Do it. Do it. Yeah, just do, do it. it. But and then won't. you help your team right off the bat if you have, you know, Keller. And Keller, let's be real about Keller. Five years, $77 million makes him their ace, but he's not an ace. He no, is, he's, he's a third or, you know, second, third kind of guy. If he can give you what he gave you last year, a couple hundred innings, you know, a couple, whatever he gave. I mean, he's close. It's I mean, he's a solid he's number, not, too. He's not the guy that I, I think he'd be better off if he wasn't their ace. And they'd be better off if he wasn't. So do ace. I. Well, Skeens is supposed to be that guy. That's why I draft yeah. him one that, overall. That so also is going to be very interesting to see what happens. How long it takes him to get up here? Well, here's what's the your o- guess on him? June. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. If everything goes well, if he struggles, they'll pull that. They'll push that back. Well, here's the off seasons in the NL Central, and I think something that people forget is that the Pirates don't have an advantage with their younger players or their farm system in this division because the other teams have really good young talent and good farm systems. The other teams in the division are either right behind or right ahead of the Pirates if you look at farm system rankings, Bob. No, I know. So it's not like, oh, well, the Pirates have a big advantage there. No, they don't. That's why you got to bring in people from the outside. So you have the Brewers who won the division by nine games last year. What are you doing, Bob? I'm paying attention to you. No, you're Brewers not. won the game by. What are you nine. writing down? Tell me right now, Joe. What are you writing this, down? This I'm writing down something that pertains to my work for later. I have to write it down. Why are you so curious? Where's Ron? And where Where's is Ron? your? We need again, Ron right this now. This is radio, Joe. <laughs> Nobody sees what I'm doing. I do. Okay, but I'm I was paying attention. Your, no, I recited exactly what you said. The Brewers won by nine and games. And you're writing something down in your calendar. Okay. Something is happening over there. Something is happening. Your attention is divided. There we go. And then he closed the book. I can't believe you. You are something. And I'll end it at that. You are something. <laughs> Bob, if Ron was here, he would be supporting me. I'm I'm looking over there and you oh, you're, you are you know distracted. How many times you you tune me are out. distracted. Do you know how many times you tune me out? You don't even know you're doing it. You're glued to your computer. What's the difference between that and my my I'm what I'm writing down? I'm looking at the NL Central off season. And I heard on my what computer, you said. Not my other job Do I have stuff. To, I'm, I'm writing you know, it down. From now on, I'm this looking. is unbelievable. I am Nelly. not taking my Nelly. eyes off of you the rest of this show. All right. I am going to be Let's piercing say. in your way. I'm going to see everything. And if you think my eyes can actually hear, you you're like, wrong. You look my like ears can hear, but Brooks my Orpic. eyes don't have to. You look like Brooks Orpic yeah. right now. Good. And you haven't even blinked yet. Um, well, I'm going to blink, but I'm going to watch you. Are you sure you don't have anything else no. to do? Go ahead, Joe. Any more Speak. little things for what the What were you, what the were you TV delving into? Later? I'm very curious. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh-huh. <laughs> strangely and uncomfortably <laughs> staring at me, Nelly. Are you looking at this? I'm, I'm just a fly on the wall here. I'm frightened now. They won the division. They lost their, ma- <laughs> lost their manager. They signed Reese Hoskins, but they traded Corbin Burns to the Orioles. And they got some nice pick. Or Gary Sanchez, think. they got us, I think, a better catch. I'd rather have Gary Sanchez. Than Grandal. Mm-hmm. They're still the favorite in the division, in my opinion. You? Even though they yeah, traded Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were. Because of Burns gone. Yeah, I just, think, I just think overall, I don't think their team is as deep as it was last year. Maybe, maybe there'll be some guys I don't know about in their system that will come up and play and play well. But 
if you're making them the favorite, how available is this division to be competitive in then? I think, I think it's, it's going to be better than you think it is going to be. I, I think the Reds are going to be good. They get a B-plus for the offseason. They missed the playoffs by two games. They have, we saw last year, tons of young talent, and they spent $108 million this offseason. Didn't they, Bob? Didn't they? And if they can do it, why can't the Pirates do it? Great question. Chicago Cubs get a D-plus, but I think this was before Bellinger. the Bellinger signing. Wait, no, it's not. Even then, they don't give them high grades. But I think Bellinger is a big deal. I mean, but St. Louis, to me, is, is going to struggle. St. Louis got a B-minus. Uh, he said they would add three starting pitchers, and they did with Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and Lance Lynn. Now, yeah, none of those, two are, of those really guys are mid thirties. Yeah. You know, Lance Lynn is a guy who Sonny know, Gray is pretty good. He is right? Mm-hmm. And I'd the rather... and the Pirates got a D minus. Their progress, they say, is painfully slow. Signed reliever Chapman, giving them a dynamic one-two punch. Also signed veteran starter Martin Perez. And Marco Gonzalez, don't forget about him. And Marco Gonzalez, who I actually think was a good signing. Uh, and yet their payroll's at 81 ahead of only the Oakland A's. They haven't, they've yet to sign a free agent for more than $17 million since catcher Russell Martin in 2012. Yeah, and that, That's the main complaint. Right. That's a legit complaint. And, and they have money to do it. They can do it. It's their choice not to. And again, if you have a bunch of developing prospects and you don't need to do that, that's fine. But show me where they are. You know, they all look good. Uh, you know, I remember Mike Burroughs, he came off arm surgery. Oviedo's out, and he has same thing. Brubaker's coming back from, you know, Tommy John. Um, you know, you can go right down the list. Contreras, who's starting today, by the way. It's a very important spring for him. He needs – if he can get back to where he was, but there's no guarantee. Luis Ortiz, these are, these are all now question marks – and you don't know what's behind them. Well, there's a you lot. You can tell me. I, I have all these people calling on oh, Bubba Chandler. Where do you see Bubba Chandler? Okay. When? When are we going to see him? I just want to see Paul Skeens, and I want to see one more veteran pitcher in here. And, and they're running Blake out of Snell. time. They're running out no of time. No one wants to give him what he wants. Give him something and, and, and make it one year and go on from there. Now, if Contreras can be that third guy, really the second guy, Right, unless you think Gonzalez will be that. No, he's going to. gets here. Perez and Gonzalez will be two, three, or th- whatever rotation there, um, and then they're going to look for, you know, again, you got your Bailey Falters, you got your Josh Flemings, you got a whole bunch of people like this that I don't know what you're going to get from. You know, another team that a- takes and what me is off- Quinn Priester? That's another prospect we heard a lot uh, about. I- right? Didn't we hear a lot about him? He was so underwhelming. You know, you expect a guy to come up with some electric stuff. That overhand curveball at times is good, but it, it it looked like he was overmatched, and it doesn't look like he has the kind of stuff where he's ever really gonna gonna catch up. But he was hyped up because people hype up prospects, right? And that's the that's the problem with this. It all looks good, sounds good, but it doesn't really translate. Your eye contact has been phenomenal in this segment. It's not going to change your ever list. since I upset the two hours clock. and whatever's left because I can't look at the clock. You can look at the clock. No, I'm not looking at anything but you. Here's a team that ticks me off, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They get an A for this offseason from USA Today. They had a sneaky, fabulous offseason by signing frontline starter Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, trading for third baseman uh, Eugenio Suarez, and signing free agent DHs Jock Peterson, Randall Grichik. 
They won 84 last year, man. And then they made they made moves, like real tangible moves to elevate their position in the world. That's what the Pirates didn't do this offseason. That's right. the problem. It is. They're counting Jack on— Jack Peterson's a guy who can give you 25 home runs if he's healthy and playing. You know, I mean, they look at Rowdy Tellez, and they're trying to extract from him what he once had, but I don't know if he can get back to what he once had. Although he's a left-handed batter who, if he gets hot, can, can hit some home runs. But I, I will w- say this. O'Neill Cruz can make up for a lot if he's the guy, and he needs to be the guy. I already had calls on Saturday. They should sign Cruz long-term. I said, don't you think that's a little premature? Yes, he's coming I, off I, an injury, and I don't think I need to do anything but watch right now. I agree. There's time yet to do that. Let's see. Let's see the first couple months if he truly, you know, if that leg holds up through the rigors of, you know, the first 50 games, things like that, where you're playing pretty much every day. We, we need to see all of that. I think they'd be crazy to do that right now. But he needs to be, I think he needs to be their best player. Do you agree? Yeah. I think Henry Davis has to have a bat that works too. What did Charrington, do we have the Charrington clip that we can play next, Nelly? Why don't we play Ben Charrington next on the, there seems to be some confusion when Shelty or Charrington says Grandal is going to play and then the rest of them are fighting it out, are they fighting it out to be the guy that, that equals or surpasses Grandal, or are they fighting it out to be the backup? You know what I mean? Like, are, are they saying that Grandal is the starter and anyone else will be the backup? What is happening here? Let's try to decipher this Charrington quote next. Bob, your attentiveness was spectacular in this segment, and I thank you for that. You're welcome, Joe. It's not going to change. <laughs> I, I will never do that. In fact, I can't even go to the bathroom now. How am I going to do that if I can't take my eyes off of you? I have four tickets to the 2024 <laughs> Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Bob. No, you, don't. you already gave them away. What? Apparently, we already gave them away. We already gave them away, yep. so I don't have those. But my question was this, Bob. In the reads last month, they took the L out of David Lawrence Convention Center. You have to have the L, right? Yeah, it's David L. Lawrence Convention. Why? What was what was the L stand for? David? I don't know, but it needs L. to Lawrence. be in there. David Lawrence Lawrence? David um, Lance Lawrence? David. I don't know. It just it, I've never known it not to have that, and then suddenly it was missing. But I guess we've already given away the tickets, according to our friend Nelly. Fan Twitter. Brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Bob, do you have a read right now? I'll do it people? right now. Why not? Guess what else is happening? What? I think Mulsey has a, is this a live read? Is Mulsey at Robert Morris right now? I'm working on figuring that out. He's working on figuring that yeah. out. If it happens, you're going to have an entire universe riveted to their radios like all of England was to listen to Winston Churchill. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. Thank you, Joe. Well, I have five things that you should know about in case something happens to you. And you know how, how it works. Yeah! If you're in the middle of a read and somebody yelps, you may need to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman because I have no other way out of this. Um, but yeah, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, th- those are the people you want to have in your Rolodex ready to go if something happens to you because you can be in a automobile accident at a moment's notice. And then what do you do? You need somebody to call. They're ready for you. And when you're injured, 
Five things that matter. Number one, you got to be certain your auto insurance coverage includes full tort, uninsured, underinsured coverage. All of that matters in advance. Number two, you got to have the peace of mind knowing that from the minute you contact Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, you pay zero, no legal retainers, fees, or expenses of any kind until and only if they win and settle your case. They do, and that matters. Number three, you got to have the attorneys whose names are on the doors of their offices involved in your case. They always are. You got to have a law firm that has a 99.7% success rate handling all types of personal injury cases. And this goes beyond cars, it's dog bites, whatever happens at work. If it's an injury situation, call them. It matters. And you got to know that their fee is only 25%. It's not 40% of your settlement, like other firms. That saves you 15%. You get high quality in your um, situation with them at Chenderovich, Chenderovich, and Fishman. They do all this because you matter to them. And that's why they always say, at one eight 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 ninety eight twins, they've got your back and not your wallet. Listen to this guitar playing, Bob. I noticed there's a new music bed for the Joe you show. Like this? I was sad and then I loved yeah. you, and it took my breath. And now I think you love me, and it scares me to death. Cause now I lie awake and wonder, I worry, I think about losing you. I saw this guy. You. I don't care what you say. Maybe I was happy or blue. So the I song is about, you, you know, you dream of being with this person, and then when you're with them, then you all, all you do is worry about losing them. Maybe I was happy or blue. What a great song. And a great guitar player. He was at the Rosebud, I think it was. Was that the place in the strip? Yeah, Metropole Rosebud. Metropole, yeah, I think both. it was. Yes. Kind of tied together. I saw, where was I? The Pittsburgh Winery? Is that the name of the place? I saw Incredible Blues Night. Three Kings or something. They did B.B. King music and Albert King and one other There's King. nothing better oh my blues God, was... is done correctly. It's, oh, it's good. Is it great? It's great. We don't have enough of those around. We should go on a double date one night, Bob. <laughs> Susie loves to drink wine. So do I. There you go. There you go. But you won't because you're trying to not have anything in your body that will add pounds, and wine will do that to you. Can you is... order us a limo? They'll pick us up at our house, then your house, and then we'll go out on the town on a double date. Would you do that? Would you yelp during this course of the evening? Because <laughs> if you did, I'd have to warn my wife. She doesn't like when I do it. Mine's more <laughs> tame compared to yours. What exactly happened? I don't think I knew that the mic was on. Oh, you uh, did. Nelly. No, I did you not knew know. It was no, on. I did not You're know. Yelping. I went back. You can no, hear me say to, say to Nelly, did that get on? Oh, oh. I swear. Come on. You he, knew he it, did. and you at. He, he did. See, he knew. There, there you go. I had Proof, to turn his Bob. mic off. The mic doesn't have to be on for it to be heard. Well, it, it was heard. resonates I, in this entire room, bounces off the walls. I couldn't help it. I'm under a lot of pressure here doing the show alone. <laughs> Let's hear what happened, Nelly. In case something happens to you, and you know how, how it works. <laughs> if you're in the middle so, of a read and somebody yelps, you may need to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Yeah, that sounded, like, that, that sounded like a homicide was in <laughs> progress, for God's sakes. Yeah, a homicide of a sheep. That was an incredible recovery by you, Bob. Let's listen to, to uh, how you adjusted on the fly like the seasoned professional that you are in the middle of a read. Let's hear that again, Nelly. And I want people to pay attention to Bob's adjustment. It's all about in-game adjustments. <laughs> in case something happens to you, and you know how, how it works. <laughs> if you're in the middle of a read and somebody yelps, you may need to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. <laughs> Spectacular stuff by you, Bob.
Tell us what you went through when you heard it and how you adjusted so quickly. <laughs> well, I knew you were going to do it because I saw your arm moving upward. <laughs> and regardless if your mic is on or off, when that happens, it is piercing and you will hear it. In fact, sooner or later, one of these windows is going to break <laughs> because you've reached a, a level, an octave level that windows cannot sustain. So I think it just takes this time for that. seems to be a, a running... Thing. Does that make you feel good when you do it? Because it certainly makes me feel good when I when I yawn. Uh, I need and, to do it. I, people yeah. don't understand. It just flies out. I used to tell Ron that. I can't help it, practically. Fishman. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that was from a different day. From, you always pick the Shenderovich guys to do it against, don't you? <laughs> I think they like it. Have you met Fishman, Bob? Yes. Does he ever feel left out? Yes. Yeah, I thought he might. Yeah. But he's the valley of humility between two mountains of conceit when they line up. He's in the wow. middle. Wow. Now you've become downright poetic. <laughs> what were we going to talk about here? Pirates. I forget. Yeah, pirates. Oh, and Henry and Davis. Davis and Ben Sherrington is what we're going to talk about. That's what. Um, the Giant Eagle Feed the Need to Benefit Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, Tuesday, March 26th. You can donate now at 937thefan.com. Or text NEED, N-E-E-D, to 5155. That's 50155. Brought to you by Pittsburgh Regional Transit, Wiggle Whiskey, Hampton Beer Outlet, Bill Few Associates Wealth Management, and Spitzer Toyota. Last year, 2 million more meals were provided because of the increased need. And speaking of that, Bob, listen to this. Larry Richard is once again hosting the Feed the Need Variety Show to raise funds for our Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon. Mm-hmm. It's this Friday night, March 1st. That's Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. March 1st. And, and at, you're going to be there, I at heard. At the Oaks Theater in Oakmont at 7.30 p.m. Performances by Kiki, myself, Alista, and Bubba. Tickets available now at 937thefan.com with proceeds going to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Are you going to be there to root for me and watch no. me? No, I am previously occupied. All right. But I'll look Maybe forward to day. I'll look yeah. forward to seeing what happens. It's going to be very interesting, I think. Did we get a live read from Mulsey from Robert Morris? Yes. How did it go? He had Andy Tool time on with him. Went perfect. He did? It went amazing. Went swimmingly. He has another one coming up. I always knew Mulsey was going to make it. Did you, Bob? Yes. Let's hear I, I always call him the wordsmith. He is quite a wordsmith. Let's hear from Ben Charrington. I believe this is about the catching situation and try to interpret exactly what he means here. I guess Hank Davis has looked okay behind the plate from what I hear, Bob. Is that what you hear? I saw and the read five innings. See? I saw the five innings. Did that it look normal? Yeah, he looked normal. Yeah, he made a nice defensive play and he got two hits. So it was only five innings, but he looked normal. What if he's the starting catcher? He won't be. Well, let's hear what Ben Charrington had to say. The, the, the catching spot, obviously, you know. Grandal is going to be on the team, assuming he's healthy, and we've got, we think, a good, healthy competition for that second spot to start the season with Henry and Jason DeLay, who obviously earned a ton of trust last year and we're confident in, and, and Ali Sanchez is getting in the game here today, who is a really good defensive catcher who's put up good offensive numbers in AAA. So between the three of those, you know, we like that competition for that second spot. Of course, we also know, and we all know that um, injuries can happen at that position, so being, being deep is important. So, I took that to mean that Henry Davis is not going to be your catcher and they'll have to figure out where to put him. I absolutely took it not that way. This is the he second. said fighting for the backup spot. He didn't say backup. He said second. All he said about Grandal is he's going to be on the team. 
Sheltie said the same thing, and I thought it might have been misinterpreted. He said Grandal is going to catch, and then the second spot. He didn't say backup. Well, what is the he, second spot? The other spot, the other catching spot. Like, Grandal has a catching spot locked down. He's going to catch. Now we're going to see who else is going to catch. If it's the human I rain took delay. It differently. That's fine. I, I, I just I haven't heard them say Grandal is, is our number one catcher and our starting he spoke, catcher. He spoke glowingly about delay in that little comment there about how they have confidence in him. He's back. He's earned the trust. We like him, blah, blah, blah. He didn't say anything about Davis in that regard. Well, I think they're taking it very, very cautiously with Davis as far as what they say. But if, if Henry Davis is good, he's going to be their starting catcher. That's what I take from all of this. They're going really out of their way. Shelty said the same thing. He, he phrased it, Grandal's going to catch, and then these other guys are competing. I take it for the other spot. And if it's Hank Davis, it's at least going to be 50-50. That's, that's what I hear. I realize you could take it either way. Bourgeois, did, did you agree with this? Or do you think what I think? He made it sound like he's not going to be the everyday catcher. Well, when you say there's one catcher, then the other catcher. When the other catcher, is main, that, to me, that is, is the backup. Yeah, the backup. When, that's like, not the way I take it. I take it like Grandal is here. We don't, like, we don't know enough about Henry Davis yet. To know what he's How would you do. not know? You drafted him number one overall to be a catcher. I that's know, what but he they, did. They haven't had him catch at the major league level. Well, that's, that's the problem. Them. When you talk about it like quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett's a quarterback. The other quarterback is going to be Mason Rudolph. Uh, like, every situation is different. Well, I mean, they've said they want competition for Kenny, though. You know, so if the other quarterback see, did is Russell. they follow Russell, up is, on that? I would have liked it, to have it, known if the whoever was in the booth yesterday would have said, no, 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 translate that for me. Does that mean that we're talking about a backup? I would have liked to have known that. If the other quarterback is Russell Wilson, then guess what? He's probably the starter. Or if the other quarterback is Justin Fields. If I hear from Charrington or Shelton that Grandal's our main catcher, Grandal is our number one catcher. You could have found out right there. The follow-up follow right. answer or question should have been, right. does that mean Grandal is your everyday catcher? I asked Jason Mackey about this, by the way. I asked him about this. Because other people have interpreted it the way that you have, Bob. I understand why somebody would interpret it the way both you guys have. Believe me. But he sent me Charrington's quote from a couple weeks ago. Okay? It's a competition for that spot. There's a competition for that second spot. We all know the guys in the competition. And by definition of a competition, there's two possibilities. It, it, they're, they're talking around it. So I said to Mackey, I said, Parada was just on. He thinks, that, he thinks that that means that Grandal is the guy. Mackey said, I don't think they know. It will depend on who warrants playing time. He's not convinced that, uh, that that's what he meant. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Can we hear it again? <laughs> He didn't say, when I hear he's the number one guy, he's our starter, or I hear that the other guy's the backup. I haven't heard those words from Sheltie. And you should have or, heard it immediately following so that. Let me, I would have liked to have known what this. does that mean. Let me. You're right. That way they Somebody could, should have said, say, what, is, what, is that, okay, what do you that mean? mean? When you say second, does that mean he's the backup, backup whoever is? Right. So if, so, and then I would refine it to, if Henry Davis has a good spring training behind the plate and hits, is he your starting catcher? Right. Let's let's hear it again. The the, the catching spot, obviously, you know, Grandal is going to be on the team, assuming he's healthy, and we've got 
we think a good healthy competition for that second spot to start the season with Henry and Jason DeLay who obviously earned a ton of trust last year and we're confident in and, and Ali Sanchez is getting in the game here today who is a really good defensive catcher who's put up good offensive numbers in AAA so between the three of those you know we like that competition for that second spot of course we also know and we all know that um, injuries can happen at that position so being being deep is important. Am I to make of that if Henry Davis doesn't win that job, he's going back to the minors, or are they yes, going to put him someplace else? Yes, that's what I would make of that. I do make of that because he spoke very highly of, about even Ali Sanchez over his I number know. one overall pick. I, I, my interpretation is that they might be leaning toward Davis in the minors, but if he has a great spring training and looks very at home at catcher, it's just hard for me to believe that the number one overall pick is going to play like less or way less than a thirty-five-year-old. All right, let me ask you this question. But, but I, if could, Andy I, I know I could be very wrong If Andy that. Rodriguez had not gotten injured, number one, they wouldn't have brought in Grandal. We know that, right? So the job would have been Rodriguez's, period, right? Yes. So then, And the human rain delay, maybe. Okay, but you understand a backup in that guard. If he's only going to play once or twice a week, that's, that's fine. Andy is still but the Davis, future at the position. But Davis, okay, well, so. I think. Where, so where does Davis end up then? Let's ask Mackey. I'm going to text him right now. Just keep talking. I'm, I'm tired of this. <laughs> why why won't anybody, it, why won't anybody say as the follow-up question, is, is he the starter? And right. who's the backup? I would just like to know clarity on that. Or is there no clarity? Maybe they're saying we don't know, and if that's the case, then fine. We don't know. But if you make it, again, the way that's phrased, and they've done it by design because they've used it twice now, the second spot. To me, when you say second spot, that interprets as backup. I understand why you would interpret it that way. I do. But the best he can say about Grandal is, we know Grandal's on the team. <laughs> that's, that's different than saying Grandal's the number one guy, the main guy. So I'm texting Jason Mackey. All right. Well, and this is, the, this is the text. So is Grandal the declared starter at catcher and others fighting to be backup? Is that, is that clear, Bob? Yeah. Okay. He's going to say he doesn't know because they don't know. But then, if they don't well, know, okay, they should then... say that they they made it. It was too convoluted for me. I would have I, I would have liked to know more about this. What what does it mean right now? If you had to start your season, who's here your it starting... is. There's an answer coming, and if he gives us that same answer, I'm going to say, "Can you please ask Shelty today? Do you mm -hmm. think he'll take offense to me ordering no. him around? No, no, he's not. Yeah, I think. Okay, so here, so is Grandal the declared starter at catcher, and others fighting to be backup? Mackey says no. It depends on whether Davis any good. If he's good, it's a timeshare or more. Okay. That's how I okay. interpret it. Okay, well, here's it. the next question. That's then. how I interpret Why it. Why didn't Henry Davis get any any play at all last year and in the offseason? Did he get any? Yeah, he We're, trained all offseason to be a catcher. He went to a special okay. place. Good. Then if that then Special catching place. Th then I would have liked to hear that clarity and just say, you know what, Henry, I haven't ruled anything out. That's all you needed to say. If Henry Davis proves to us that he can handle right, this, you know then what? he's We're going to We're going to grill Mackey. I'm going to ask him right now if he can come on at the top of the hour. Okay. Because there are a lot of questions about this team that I think are still, you know, unsettled. And, and I would like to know. Because they have a glut of people on the infield. You can make a case for a it, lot of it them. It seems, though, that they're being awfully, awfully careful in their wording. If if you brought in Grandal to be the guy, then your wording would be, Grandal's going to be our number one catcher and everybody else is fighting for the backup spot. Not Grandal is on the team and that second spot, we have guys. Yeah, but you can it's understand. It's very different who wins the second spot. You can understand spot. the miss. I can. 
I can. Know, interpretation of it. But that quote second spot, it's very different if Ali Sanchez wins that second spot compared to the number one overall pick in the draft, right? That, well, J- that, that's like the Steelers situation. That's like if Ryan Tannehill gets the quote second spot compared to Russell Wilson. Very different. Well, absolutely it's very different. Because you got one guy who's had a colossal resume versus another who had just a couple of years of success. Right. All right, Mackey's coming on in seven minutes, and we're going to grill him like he's a pork loin on the he's, 4th of he, July. That's how he's great about it. He gets back quick. He Do goes you grill on, pork he... loins, Bob? Or no. pork chops? Did you ever try tripe? Fish? Tripe. Yeah. Is you it like, a fish? It's a, yeah, it's kind of tough to eat. No, why would you eat something that's tough to eat? Because it's just a thick, textured thing. Do you ever eat shark meat? Yes. Did you see the story about Clifford Ray saving the dolphin? No. <laughs> Clifford Ray, remember the Warriors yeah, center from the when, 70s? When did this happen? It happened in the 70s, but they just celebrated oh. like the whatever it was, the 50th anniversary of it. Are they drinking champagne because the Sharks can't win? It was never a, will be. It was a game day for the Golden State Warriors, and the famous dolphin down the road, wherever they were in San Francisco, swallowed a bolt that was going to tear its stomach lining and kill the dolphin. So they needed someone to reach into the dolphin's second stomach. Did you know dolphins have two stomachs? No, you didn't. Neither I, did I. I. I didn't know that. So they needed someone with a very long arm, Bob. <laughs> so the lady at the aquarium oh knew Clifford God. Ray, the warrior center, called him up, and on a game day, he came over to the aquarium and reached down into the dolphin's mouth into the second stomach and pulled out the bolt. And it was one of those stories that resonated Long before things could go viral, it resonated around the world, and he hears about it still to this day, 50 years later. Like, people were enthralled with this story, but clearly you're not. No, if it happened today, it would be what we're all talking about. I just... Dolph, had to dolphin, one thing his... about dolphins, they're, they're docile. You can you probably, you know, pet yeah. their stomach or their dolphin's right. second stomach, whatever they have, and you can get them to cooperate with this if it was a well, they shark. were worried that the dolphin might not. But you know what? I'm sure you've seen these animal things where, like, somebody lives with an elephant when it's a baby, and then they come back, like, years later. And they the remember. Elephant, yes. They have that memory, yeah. This dolphin remembers Clifford Ray. He, Their dolphin reacts differently when he sees Clifford Ray. He, wow. He, Even to this day? Yes. The dolphin's still well, living? Well, no. I, however long the dolphin lived. <laughs> How long do dolphins live, Nelly? Huh? That's a Google question. I'll I'll look that up. Thank you. I don't want to know. So they had to lubricate Clifford Ray's uh, arm, and he reached all the way past the first stomach to the second one. How would you know if you're actually getting the bolt? Maybe it's, you know, something he ate for lunch? Well, no, it's not like a tiny bolt. It was like a huge, something that would be on a cable, you know, and was going to kill the dolphin. So Clifford Ray saved its life, Bob. I don't know if I would have done that. You couldn't have done that because your arm's not long enough. Would you have done it had you had a long arm? Mm, no. No, I don't think I would do that. I wouldn't trust. I mean, the obvious no. thing is you're afraid the dolphin's going to bite. Yeah, yeah. They and have all teeth. of a sudden, yeah, and, and then he and your just arm, goes crazy you, and he turns out to be, you know, Dennis Rodman of, of dolphins. Yeah. You don't know. You could bite your arm off. That obviously would be the obvious fear with your arm in a dolphin's mouth, right? <laughs> yes. I can't believe we talked about dolphins, bolts, and long arms here. <laughs> But we are going to talk about what happens in the catcher spot and other stuff with Jason Mackey. So 
Did you do you remember the dolphin? Who's the most famous dolphin of all time? The dolphin from Ace Ventura? Um, uh, Larry Zonka. Paul Warfield. Dan Marino. Did you know that there was a woman in New York City who dated a dolphin? A re- not not one of the Miami Dolphins, but an actual dolphin? Hmm, how did that work? I'm not exactly sure. It was in the New York Post one time. I don't know if they went out on dates, like she's sitting at a restaurant on a patio, her and a dolphin. I don't know. Or maybe she had to dive into his. Um... It's called, here it is from The Guardian, The Dolphin Who Loved Me. In the 1960s. In the 19- oh, oh, boy. Maybe that's not a great story. Uh, the Dolphin Who Loved Me, the NASA-funded project that went wrong. This woman's name was Margaret Lavat, and she fell in love with the dolphin. Bob. Okay. <laughs> How does that happen? I mean, you could like dolphins. They're friendly. They can like you back. I don't know. I think they lived together for a while. She <laughs> In her habitat, his habitat, whose habitat? I like, mean, he can't get out of the water, right? So it's not like they were going to movies. or she, so was, she, yeah. she turned into a mermaid? Well, I'll send you the story. I don't want to know it. Dear God, maybe I won't send you the story. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Jason Mackey next. Uh, we're going to talk about what, what's going on with this catching thing. What, what are we talking around here? And also, you know, this is a team that has a lot of platoon positions still. This is one of the things I don't like. I mean, I like platoon Who's going to play right field? You can name four guys. Who's going to play first base? I know. Name... It, it reminds me of some of the Penguin teams of recent vintage where, we, you know, they, they lauded all these guys' versatility. And my answer to that is that's wonderful. So you have 16 guys who can play uh, eight different positions. That's what I mean. How about a guy who can play a position and play it really well? Like the Atlanta Braves trot out the and same lineup every role, single we, day. Yeah, and, and if you exactly. have a, a, a you know a system that provides that, that's it. You know the lineup before the manager ever posts it. Versatility is okay to a degree. It can't be your part of your five-year starting nine positions. So the dolphin she fell in love with was named Peter. Peter the dolphin. Uh, we have Malsey on right now. He's going to talk about Peter the dolphin? <laughs> No, 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 I'm not, boys. Why not? Joe seems to be enthralled with this. He's First of all, he has a story about a, a Golden State Warrior player who went down deep into somebody's second, second stomach, not first stomach, but if he was on Awaken 180, there'd only be one stomach, not two. Uh, both of you are just going to start laughing here because it's not just me. Robert Morris head coach Andy Tool is with me making just an – a very appropriate and unbelievable face at whatever conversations are happening right uh so we're going to tell everybody we're at moon beer and pop for less right now me andy tool you have a chance to win beer for a year something ron cook would probably have loved in his day all you got to do take a selfie wearing rmu gear while you're enjoying an ice cold Coors lighter Coors banquet then you got to tag at Coors pgh and at rmu athletics on twitter and instagram uh you got to be 21 or older to participate also giving away tickets this Wednesday, RMU men's hoops against Northern Kentucky, 7 o'clock UPMC Event Center. And, Andy, it's the final home game of the year. And Robert Morris has in the past been hostile to schools from Kentucky. Come up here, maybe not Northern Kentucky, but another Kentucky school came up here once and it didn't end so well for him. What are you looking for from your team this Wednesday night? Just the opportunity to compete. You know, we, we've gotten better as the year has gone on. Northern Kentucky is the defending champion. 
Uh, it's going to be a great game on Wednesday night. We need great fan support, and we hope we can recreate some of that anti-Kentucky magic. <laughs> when you look at your team, Horizon League playoffs very uh, close. You're knocking on the door. Uh, what have you seen lately? Uh, and when you think about matchups, uh, you know, how much does that determine how far you guys could go, what kind of a run you could make? Yeah, I mean, as a coach, I think you understand some of the weaknesses of your team. And as, as you start to see seeding come out and you understand who you're going to be playing, you know, you hope you have some matchups where people can't take advantage of some of those weaknesses. And, uh, you know, that'll be, you know, what we'll look towards as we get the conference tournament starts next Tuesday. You know, so we've got to really use these final two games that we have in the regular season to continue to get better, continue to improve, to try to make a run in the tournament. Chance to win beer for a year here. If you stop by Moon Beer and Pop for Less and get out to this Wednesday, RMU, Northern Kentucky, UPMC Event Center, 7 o'clock, final home game of the year as they get ready for the Horizon League playoffs. Andy Tool, Chris Muller here at Moon Beer and Pop for Less, now back to Dolphin Stomachs or something like that. Thank you, Mulsey. Bob, what if she married the Dolphin? What's the what's the main course at the reception? Just like thousands of little minnows at certain tables? Well, it won't be mahi mahi. We know that. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Okay, we're gonna talk to Mackie next. The Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over fifty years. Fifty minute mark on the fan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler. Jeep Dodge, Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Let's just go position by position with Mackey. Is there any chance they're still going to sign a pitcher? Things like that. We'll talk to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette coming up next. I want to, oh, also uh, Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500. <laughs> What do you think Andy Toole thought of that whole thing? Now, he, I've done uh, spots with him. He has a great sense of humor. But he it, does, but even that may have been a stretch for his sense of humor. Might have that been. Was... Yeah, especially with a big game on the horizon here. It might have been. Uh, special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Partly cloudy throughout the day and a high of 62. Let's talk about Gina G and Petro, shall we? Um, the agent you choose to sell your home can make a huge difference. You know that. You could also ask Peggy about that. She just successfully sold her house in Castle Shannon with Gina G. and Petro, but things didn't go so well before calling Gina. She had worked with two agents before that. Her home was on the market for two and a half years. By my calculations, that's one agent per every year and a quarter. That ain't good. The G. and Petro team always has buyers at the ready. It only took two days on the market for Gina to do what other agents couldn't do in those two and a half years. Now Peggy is telling everybody, looking to buy a home or sell a home to give Gina a call. I would recommend the same. You can't lose. Gina sits down with you. You agree on a price and a deadline. Deadline passes. Home isn't sold. Gina will have it bought and turned into a rental. Call the only agent I would trust if I needed to sell my home in Pittsburgh. Gina G. and Petro of Remax Select Realty, 724-602-9752. Google GM Petro of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's GinaWillSellYourHome.com. Joe's into it. You like Bobble this song, Bob? Head. Yes. I like the mixture of uh, different genres of sh uh, music. Yes, me too. That's why we changed them. Liven the place up a little. Let's Liven go to it up. 
go to Jason Mackey. He'll live it up for us. In Bradenton. Jason, we can't figure this out. Uh, they seem to be talking around this. Bob has a different interpretation. Parado has a different interpretation than me and you. What they hear when they say when they hear Ben Charrington say that you know that that Grandal's going to catch, he's going to be on the team for sure. And then that second spot is a competition. What they hear is okay. That means Grandal is the starter, the main guy. And that the rest of the guys are fighting to be the backup. Is that the proper interpretation? No, that's not how I understand it, Joe. Um, you know, they could be more clear with their words, and I think they intentionally don't want to be clear with their words. It's in their interest to obfuscate this as much as possible. Uh, they're trying to buy time for Henry Davis and figure out if he can catch. I mean, they do know Grandall is on the team. Yes, that's obvious. Is Grandall the starter? He could be. Ben Charrington was asked at the Grapefruit League Media Day up in Tampa, it was like, I don't know, a week and a half ago now, like, is Grandal the starter? Is there a competition? And he basically danced around it and said, you know, he's on the team. There's going to be a competition for that second spot. They've never said explicitly backup spot. They've never said explicitly that Grandal is starting. They've had the opportunity to say that. I think what they want to do is give themselves cover, give themselves an out if Henry Davis stinks. If Henry Davis is good, they need Henry Davis on the team. He has looked markedly better. Then Yasmani Grandal, uh, that's a pleasant development from spring training thus far, but I do think they're hesitant to proclaim him the starter, the backup, anything. They want to see it play out. And what if it doesn't? What if this whole spring training goes by, Jason, and they have the same situation at hand where they're not sure? So what do they do with him? Yeah, I think he goes to the minor leagues, Bob. I do. Um, and that's going to be unpopular with fans. And I'm I'm assuming the scenario you're laying out is like he doesn't produce at the bat, he's bad defensively, or whatever. I mean, at that point, I don't think they would be afraid to send him to the minors. One thing that they've said, Ben didn't say it on the broadcast, but he said it with us. I don't know if it was after Keller's extension. He definitely said it in Tampa, and Shelton has said this too. They go out of their way to mention some of the recent catchers who have, you know, like Adley Rutschman from the, the Orioles, for example, he said, like, go back and look at how much those guys have caught. And it's, I'm not arguing with the point. It's a valid point. Henry has caught a very low amount of games compared to other comparables who have come out of the draft. Um, I think it's going to be a question or weird or whatever if Henry Davis hits really well but he can't catch. What do you do then? And I think at that point it probably depends on what Grandall does, what Jason DeLay does. I'm not sure. Maybe you try to move him to another spot, but it certainly at this point doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. So, I mean, if he's good in both areas, he's on the team, he's going to catch a lot. If he's bad in both areas, he's going to be in the minor leagues. I don't know what happens if it, ha if it falls in the middle. If he's good, will he catch more than Grandal? Yeah, okay. I, I believe that. What have you seen so far? What have you gleaned on and off the record about what people think of Davis as a catcher so far in spring training? A very pleasant surprise, Joe. A very pleasant surprise. I, I think if the season started today, it's probably a timeshare. Honestly. Um, you know, I think... I talked to Grandal about this. I've talked to Henry about this. I've talked to people surrounding the competition. Um, you know, I, I think everybody has been pleasantly surprised with what Henry has done thus far. I saw the same five innings that Pomp saw. I was listening to you guys before. He looked like a perfectly serviceable catcher. If that holds, he's on the team. He's going to catch a pretty decent amount. Um, I, it, it's also limited, right? Like everybody can get excited over spring training stuff. Him catching a side, that doesn't really matter. I want to see him in games. And I, I do understand. Like, it, it was not nothing, the concern over his defense last year. Every scout I talked to voiced concern over Davis's defense. So they also said that he hasn't caught a lot and he needs to catch more and the kid works his butt off, all that stuff. Like, 
you know, I understand. I think he will figure it out. But is he serviceable to catch 100 games right now? That's probably a tough bet. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise for Henry Davis. And, and, and what I mean by that is if Andy Rodriguez had not suffered his fate, would he even be in the mix as a catcher if he's just going to catch once or twice a week? Or would you think they would try to do something else with him? Yeah, I mean, if Andy Rodriguez was healthy, I think Henry would probably be shoehorned into right field. That's completely speculative on my end. But, I mean, they were extremely happy with what Andy did behind the plate. Mm -hmm. If Andy was not hurt, Andy was a better defensive catcher. He'd have no reason to do that with Henry. Um, But they needed somebody. They needed somebody. I think this opened the door for Henry. And I think they also, like, even, like, I was waiting for you guys to call. Texting some people about like what did Henry do this off season? What you know the scope of his work or whatever. And like I know he was down at Pirate City working with Mike Rabello and the uh, the third base coach on catching and stuff. And I mean this this kid like went a million miles an hour doing this. It is not impossible for him to go from not very good to serviceable in one off season if he's working his tail off. So I mean I understand that things have changed with their catching picture. But, yeah, it, it was probably not in the plans had Andy stayed healthy. All right, then let's go around. Is that enough for you, Bob? Yeah, that's enough for me. And, and I'm glad he cleared, you know, I mean, as best as you can, Jason, clear that up. But I, hearing the words, and I was watching when he said that, yeah, I would just, I, I didn't know what to make of it. That's where the confusion came in, I think. But right, I guess I that's what that. they're doing. They're being optimistically guarded. He used the word obfuscate. Did you like that word? That's a very good word. That's a Baldwin word. Or where did you come from? Brentwood. I'm sorry, a Brentwood, Brentwood word. Yeah, but that's yeah, also that a smart go. pitcher word. He knows yeah, as a pitcher, <laughs> you got to be smart on the mound. He knows what he's that would doing. go with. Uh, that would go on to Shelton's list. Do you guys know about this? No. I keep a track. I keep track of every smart word that Shelty uses. You can get him with this on your show if you want. He'll laugh. <laughs> every like bigger word he uses, I I track in my phone, and then I show him the list of Shelton's big words. And he laughs hysterically. Every like, if he'll use a big one, he'll he'll stop and point at me because that that counts. Hmm. That counts. So, anyway, I like that. Is Encrinkulant still on that list? Yes. Okay. Very much so. Proudly. <laughs> Proudly. Let's go around the diamond very quickly. Do you have time, Jason? I don't yeah, want to take you away from a ball no. game. No, no, you're good. Uh, first base. What's happening? If the season started today, what would be the first base situation? I'd imagine they'd start Rowdy Telez, but it's going to be a platoon of him and Connor Joe the majority of the time. Where does Triolo fit? I think they want him to win the second base job. And, you know, the more I hear, the further this goes, the more I watch Triolo, I think the more likely it is that he does that. Holy horse He's milk. still a young guy who has from? a big upside. I wouldn't be. Yeah, but what about Pagaro and Gonzalez? And Gonzalez and also I Bay. thought the battle thought... was between them. But, Jason, we were no. talking, I, I think this platoon, too many positions of having platoon means you don't have enough answers yet. I mean, I agree with you, Bob, I do. Um, I, I don't hate the platoon at first, though. I understand what they're going for. Like, Telez hits righties very well. Joe hits lefties very well. Together, they can do pretty well. Um, yeah, but I, that, that has changed a little bit with Triolo, um, where I thought he was going to be a bounce-around guy. Charrington even said at the beginning of the offseason he was going to be more of a bounce-around guy. But, you know, at He's done a lot of second base. Um, he offers a lot of value there. I was talking to Tree the other day about how much time. I mean, he spent like the majority of his work this offseason at second base, and that's kind of his focus. I think that's the Pirates' focus too. But, yeah, there's there's a lot to sort out with that, sure. So no platoon at second base. He could win the job outright, and then what would happen with uh, either Gonzalez or Peguero? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Triola could win the job, and they could still play the other one, right? Like they need a backup infielder, and that's an interesting – 
dynamic in this where, like, O'Neal Cruz isn't going to play all the time. So, okay, who can play shortstop? Leo Pagera is probably their best option at shortstop. So, I mean, they could start Triolo at second, keep Pagero on the team, mm. and then Pagero kind of spells Cruz, plays a little bit at second. Um, so I, that, that's kind of where it's tracking. I wouldn't put Gonzalez in that mix. I, I didn't love what I saw from G1 Bay last year. Like, it, there, there's just not a lot there um, in terms of, like, consistent hitting. If that changes, obviously he has other skills, but that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's a lot of people you just mentioned there. And Jiwon Bay, somebody who I thought I like actually him. looked good in center field when he played there too. But Is he going to make the team? I don't know. I don't think they know. I think that's that's he's very much in competition for a roster spot. I think they want him to. They really like Jiwon Bay. But, you know, I, because of the speed, because of what Pomp's saying about center field, like he's a great late-game defensive replacement because of his speed. I, who knows what happens in right field? Like, that's still Connor Jill, Palacios, Edward Oliveras. Who knows how that shakes out? Um, but, I mean, if Bay hits and does what he did at the beginning of last year, he had, like, 20 stolen bases really fast. He was among the league leaders. Like, if that happens and you have to play Bay in center, I don't think they'd be afraid to do it. But, again, like, with him, he just he went through a stretch last year where he hit, like, 100 over six weeks. Yeah. Like, if that holds, that's, he's not making the team. Bomb wants to know what the rotation's going to look like if it started today. Keller, uh, Gonzalez, Perez. I think Rowanzi's in there. We'll see what happens today, but he has looked a lot better. Uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't come all crashing down on him. And then the fifth guy, man, I, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, the competition is like Priester, Ortiz, Falter. I mean, that fifth spot. What about honestly, that Josh I, Fleming guy? No, I don't think he's in the rotation. No, okay. I, he's. They've got a lot of guys that they're going to rotate through, like. It honestly, what I was going to say, Pomp, is it, it could end up as more of a bullpen game where they use like Ortiz or Falter for a shortened start and then use the other one on the back half, like piggy, piggybacking them, and then use a, a lot of bullpen. So it would be like a fifth starter in name, but they could kind of rotate that. Mm. It, it, there's still a lot to be determined with their fourth and fifth spots. All right. Lastly, if a game happened today, I get five good innings from Mitch Keller, let's say in the opener. How does the bullpen shake out, ideally? I mean, I'm assuming. They have a lead. Um, I'm going to go with Majeski in the sixth, Holderman in the seventh, Chapman in the eighth, and Bednar in the ninth. Woo! That sounds good. Doesn't yeah, it, Bob? Wh- uh, what about Barecki? Is he in this still? Um, yeah. You know what they like Barecki to do, Pomp, is if they have get like a you know, go left on left to end an inning, that sort of thing, they okay. like using him against left-handers. I think you're going to see him sort of freely sprinkled in there. So, I mean, it might not be a straight six, seven, eight, nine. Like Barucky might come in there. He they liked him when he opened too. If they go with that strategy, which I think they will, he could be somebody there. If you've got lefties, two out of the top three. There's another guy we haven't mentioned, but I thought he earned his way on. He was a Rule Five guy last year. Hernandez out of the bullpen. I didn't expect a Rule Five guy to go, uh, you know, into some of these situations late in games, but he did, and I thought he, you know, acquitted himself pretty well. Where where is he? Just another part of the organization, and because yeah. he's a Rule Five, he starts in somewhere in AAA. I, yeah, I think he's going to have to really outpitch expectations to break with the club because they already have a couple of lefties in the pen, um, and he's one of their few relievers with options. So they can put him in the minors and bring him up and down. Whereas, like, I think Fleming, if they want to keep him, obviously Chase Anderson, if they want to keep him, I think Honeywell might be out of options. He looked good yesterday. They've got a few guys out of options. So, like, Hernandez might be one of the – and Dari Moretta is another one that's yeah, probably in the mix exactly. as well. I don't want to discount him. So I, I just I have a tough time with two lefties already established. Them keep and he was he was not good the second half of the year. I just 
I think that might add up against him. He winds up starting at Triple A. Can't they just spend on one <laughs> on one more pitcher? Just bring in a pitcher. Just just it, it seems like the, the obvious spot that that some of the stuff you say sounds very encouraging. I didn't ask about Cruz and Hayes because they're obvious, and that's exciting that side. So the outfield might be good from center to left too. It's just they need a pitcher. They need a starting pitcher. You're not wrong, Joe. I, I completely agree. And and spend, I would say either spend via, you know, capital with prospects or spend via money. I really don't care how you do it, but they need another pitcher. And I, like I think there's an understanding that they do. I, I don't think they've been thrilled with how this offseason has played out. Like I think they got they thought that they were going to wind up with somebody too. I think they're a little surprised that they haven't. But I agree with you. The, the depth worries me. You know, I can hear arguments about schemes, Jared Jones, Burroughs, Brubaker, guys on the way, but. You know, right now, April, May, June, like, they need one more. You're counting on too many things happening. I don't think, as much as I like them, Priester, Ortiz, or Alonzi, Falter, like, all of these guys aren't going to work out. They need more assurance there. Yeah, they really do. And do you have a list, you know, I'm sure you do, of I'm not sure who would be available. Is there any free agent guy still looking around? Now, I mentioned Blake Snell. I'll rule him out (laughs) just because. But is there anyone else, you know, who would – command a little bit more money who's still looking for a job not really pomp i mean you're kind of in the damaged goods section at this yeah. point like <laughs> you know you're cinder guard they're not interested in bauer domingo herman um none of those get me really excited i mean that's that's why i thought the marlins thing made so much sense for them and i still do but you know they had an injury to one of their starters and that that deal sort of changed after braxton garrett went down they asked for more and so I, yeah, I mean, they could sign one of those guys. I can't say I'd hate it. I'm I'm all for them doing anything and everything to spend money and, and prospects to get more pitching. But it's just selection ain't great right now. Jason, we appreciate you taking all this time out there and and clearing things up. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Take all care. Right. Take care, Jason. That is Post Gazette columnist now, Jason Mackey. That was good, Bob. Do you feel more satisfied with his answers now? Yeah, he's very thorough, always has been. Uh, and I, you know, he made it clear, at least clearer than what I heard yesterday. And so that's all I was trying to figure out. So they don't know about the catcher. And if Davis, the problem would be if Davis hits, but he can't show them the defensive needs, then what? Is he a DH? How much does he get of that versus McCutcheon? Does he play right? And again, he mentioned about three or four guys in right field already. There's a lot of uh, ifs right now still. This Triolo thing, I thought I was following spring training a little closer than that. He he might be the no, starting yeah, second baseman. Been, yeah, but if if so, that makes you wonder. Piguero could be on it. I get it as a reserve, but what happens to Nick Gonzalez? When he came up last year a little bit, he, he went on a doubles binge. I always liked his potential and his bat, but I don't know. Maybe it's just not trending. Well, you kind of got a hit on the seventh overall pick, don't you, Bob? You would think. Anyway. Bob has a showdown next. You want to tease to that a little bit, Bob? Court storming, one of the topics. I like that topic. All right. I want to tell you about the Good Feet store and how my feet were yet literally screaming out to me uh, for a lot of years of my life. Help me. Help me. That's what they would say, Bob. And I didn't have a way to help them. I tried. I would go to different doctors. One guy said it was gout. I'm talking about the joints of my big toes. And it wasn't gout. 
Uh, it was probably some form of arthritis. I, I don't know. They just hurt. But here's what I care about and what I imagine you care about is what can make the pain go away or be lessened so that I can do the things I like to do, like chase after golf balls or play a little basketball, whatever. The Good Feet Store, Good Feet Arch Supports, to be specific, have helped me. They're designed to provide pain relief, balance, comfort, and they're customized so they fit into whatever shoes you're wearing. Uh, My work shoes, my golf shoes, whatever I want, I just pop them right in there. They put me on the system, and it has helped me. It could help you. I went to the store at Robinson Town Center, across from Ikea. Uh, There's also one in Cranberry Township, and also one in Morgantown at Suncrest Town Center. So maybe you're listening out that direction, heading south. That might be an option. So is goodfeet.com to check it all out. Come on in and try the Good Feet feeling today. Comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief at the Good Feet store. And now we approach showdown territory. This is the one opportunity every Monday where Joe Starkey, the host of the Joe Show, uh, goes against Charlie Bourgeois, who is the producer, depending on the day of the Joe Show. Otherwise known as Nelly, and may I just interject this bump because it's very important. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Very important. You deliver a hot take on the text line with your name on it, and then text in the city is how we finish the show. Very excited to have Bob on today. For that, listen dun, to cooking. Dun, 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 yeah, it's really good. Dun, dun. Listen to Cooking Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. Bob. All right. Topic we haven't gotten into today is court storming. We have seen incidents of this past season where both Caitlin Clark, who's one of the best players in the game of basketball, got run over in a court storming. We also saw. Kyle Filipowski, who is one of the elite players on Duke's team, get injured and had to be helped off. And if you look at some of the video, his knee, somebody ran into his knee. It's it's an awful situation, I think. Uh, And I think it has to stop. I really do. Because now we're talking about guys who are not just players for your university, but also investments, big investments for themselves, for, you know, for their careers. You can't have an injury like this happen because some idiot's going to run and and not pay attention to where he's running or she's running and and get into a collision. You saw that. What did you think, Joe? Ridiculous. We've been talking about this for years. It's just stupid. It's, it's, again, to me, it's like the handshake line. You're taking (laughs) people who are still— No one ever talks in that line either. They just go through it. Right. You're, you're, You're taking people in a highly emotional state and putting them in a situation where something bad could happen. Now, if it's just one of those things where, well, it's just a fear, nothing bad ever does. It does. There's been numerous incidents in handshake lines, and now we have uh, multiple incidents of court storming. Why can't they just wait till the players are off the Why court? Why not just not and then, do it and at then all? Go. Pitt's never done it, and they've had a lot of success during their Big East days. I, I, I think it's fun in a way, you know, especially in football. I think it's fun, right? I don't think it's fun. It can be fun. If you're I mean, a student, but, but again, it can be okay, fun. Okay, if you're a student, but most, well, of, most they, of them, if you look at the some risk of the video, if they, delay it and they have on. these phones going. The phones are the biggest problem today in a lot of different areas because people want to be 
full of their own intention. They want you to see what their life is like, and they'll do anything to do it. I've seen videos of people actually falling to their death because they want to get a picture of the Grand Canyon, and they don't care. I mean, you got to – and the, everyone's running, not paying attention, with phones on, videos running, and they don't know where they're running into. It's dangerous. Well, I was considering in the context of it's dangerous for the participants. It's dangerous but, for but, everybody. Well, how about how about? I'm not, I don't want to ban it. Say, I want to delay it. Okay, all right. Maybe if you can, if you could figure out a way. Yeah, just but who's to say? Delay it. Who's to say that somebody in one of those crowds has vicious intentions and says, "You know what? We can beat Duke if Filipowski doesn't play in the ACC tournament." Like and a I, Tanya Harding yeah, situation. I mean, I, I, and in this crazy yeah, I, world we live in, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those shouldn't intentions. Shouldn't be near athletes. Fans should never be on on the playing surface with athletes. They should never. Charlie, what do you think? I think that it's. I I still like court storming. Um, b- before this year, before the Caitlin Clark incident, which was shown that she did involve herself by throwing a forearm shiver. Yeah, but she shouldn't have been put in that position to begin with. No, but she did end up doing a forearm shiver. And if you look at the video of Filipowski, he also like stepped into the What are you person. supposed to do when you get it's like it's like uh Wouldn't you be defensive? Yeah, Nelly, they're coming people, at you if, running if, all if, over the place. You have no way to go. are drunk right. and, and the enemy team storming at you? Bef- I'd feel defensive too and might, might throw a forearm. Before this year, was this an issue? There have been other yeah, instances. Yeah, there, there have been instances, yes. maybe maybe not to the level because you're talking about two of the best players in college basketball right now. I, I don't think Duke had a problem with storming the field when they beat Clemson this past year. That's a good point. I think Nelly it, raises just, an excellent point. Yeah, but their coach Shire, I heard it. He said it should end, and it should end now. It should stop. They should put things in place to make it stop. Did he say stop or delay it? I thought he said stop it. If you could delay it, sure. Well, how do you like, delay it? You easily. you tell people you, you you line it up with cops, police dogs, the same thing they do now, and you say when the team's clear, you can storm. I've seen them put up the like the rope. Yeah, and then as soon as like whoever needs to clear the court clears the court, they drop the rope. But again, that that, that, that is a delayed reaction to exuberance. At that point, I don't care if I'm someone who. Okay, yeah, I mean, you're going to wait till. How about if a handshake line takes five minutes and these people are just still standing there? That's why there. They, one other reason they should get rid of the handshake line. Do you agree <laughs> with that? Uh, yeah, probably. I just, you know, the bottom line is, speaking of a handshake line, though, I've, I've often been amazed at how NHL players who can bloody themselves in a fight can shake hands afterwards, but they do all the time. And, and that's the one sport that you don't really see many – Incidents happen in the I handshake I know, but they line. do it after the series, not right after every single game. The, the, no, fight, I'm just the saying, fight is done for good could, then. Okay. But the point, I, I just, again, Pitt, to my recollection, has never done this, have they? they they've no, never stormed. I don't think and they, they have. still have a good relationship with their fan base, the Oakland Zoo. They don't need. Oh, of course. So what's the, I, I, what's I the do, point? Well, because it's really fun, Bob. It's really fun. If you're a kid out of school, that, first, there's too much of it. I'll agree with that, that like, things that aren't even that great of an upset they're storming courts for. But imagine you're a kid in college. You've had uh, a little bit to drink. You're having a lot of fun. Your Sounds team dangerous wins. to me. Oh, come on. I'm with Nelly on that one. Well, you just said you said it should stop, and now you're going backwards. It should be delayed, okay, not delayed. stopped. Yes. Good. For, for a minute. It, get everybody, it would be longer than a minute. Get everybody off the court, then let, let them through the ropes. Court okay. storming is fun. You celebrate – 
when I was at St. Bonaventure. For when did you a become year, an old fuddy-duddy, Bob? <laughs> I just, oh, I've, I've had this view about this for a while. I just, I don't see the relevance to it. I don't see the importance of it. You can still do what you got to do in the stands. I don't understand why it has to, you know, come down to the court. I just. I apologize, Nelly. I interrupted it's, you rudely. It's, a, it's your show. It's yours now. It's the Joe show. It Go ahead. The Joe show. When I was at St. Bonaventure for the year, for one year, one of my fondest memories of there being there was storming the court because it was just one of those things that as an 18 year old kid, 19 year old kid. And now that I'm saying that out loud, it is dangerous when you have a bunch of drunk 18, 19, 20 year old kids who shouldn't be drunk in the first place are storming the court. But I think it's more of a, a current topic because of, I think the high profileness of the players who were hurt this year. Bob wants to strip you of that, right? If he was, a, if he how is it a right? Well, right now it's it a is a right. right. I don't think it's a right. I think it's just more of a... Right now it is a right. They have the right to do it. And they do it. Again, I don't know that there's a right that you go onto a playing surface with players still on it. That, to me, doesn't sound like a right. Well, that part we agree on. When the players and coaches are gone, you storm the court. Okay. Or field. We'll move on because... By the way, let, let's take some calls on that for next segment. 412-928-9370. About court storming. Field storming as well. In Would it change your mind if you found out that Filipowski's out for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL? My mind doesn't need to be changed. I've said a hundred times when the players are on the court, it shouldn't be stormed. Okay. Nelly? Bob isn't listening to me very well today, and I'm insulted. But I am staring you down. All right, let's move on to the next topic, and that would be Matt Ariza signs a contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. He is looked at as one of the best college punters. He had a good opportunity in your hometown of Buffalo there, Joe. Uh, And then he allegedly got into some trouble, but he has been exonerated of all of this. Nobody would give him a shot, but Kansas City finally did. My question, why wouldn't the Steelers do that? They need a punter. Why wouldn't you take a shot after everything has been dropped and whatever accusations he faced? Good question. It's a good question. Now, I'm, I'm reading about this. I always want to be extra, extra careful and know the history. So I'm just looking at one line here. But it says, on December 12, 2023, Ariza and his accuser mutually agreed to drop the respective lawsuits against each other with neither party admitting wrongdoing and no money changing hands. So, yes, it would seem it would seem he's been completely exonerated, and doesn't have any outstanding allegations still against him. Am I right about that? Correct. Okay. Whereas Bauer, Trevor Bauer, still has right. accusations. But against I didn't him. ask about him. Although, I, asked... I know, I know, but this naturally extends to that. I'm just comparing and contrasting. Although he seems to have been exonerated from the first case he had. Good question, man. I don't know why you wouldn't. If if you believe that that nothing wrong happened here, nothing really bad happened here, then he would, have been, he would it, have been a guy you they, Kansas, City, Kansas City had a decent punter to begin with. They didn't need a punter. Steelers actually released their punter. Yeah. You know, so I just wonder about that. What's your Charlie, answer? I would have signed him. I think the the hesitation on even answering this question is probably why not a lot of teams have given it more thought. I yeah, think but a lot Chiefs- of these teams also have domestic uh, abusers who've been accused and have had to, you know. You are 100% correct. I think, once again, this, the fact that I have to word this very so carefully and 
that's that's the issue. It could be a PR issue. They don't want the negativity around it. For sure. I, Do you think the Pirates should sign Bauer? I'd have to look further into his case. I haven't looked as much. I looked into Ariza pretty good. That's why I feel like, okay. Yeah. It's time. I mean, somebody's got to give him a chance. Your life can't end on this, can you? Your, your career, so. That's what you think. What does the general public think? What is the it's another the casual uh, okay. fan? Fans can call four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. Right, you can call on court storming and that shameless plug. Well, why not? What, Joe? No, go ahead. You're angry Next with me. Next one. No, no, no. Go ahead. Since, since you're painting my picture, no, every time I, 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 turn I, around, I just want to be extremely me. careful about situations like that. Where well, again, Ariza seems to have cleared all the hurdles. He does. He seems to have been completely exonerated. So yeah, they 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 should have signed him. I would say. All right. Next, we go back to Gensel. Uh, it's the big topic. What will they do with Jake Gensel? Uh, if I were to tell you, Joe, that Jake Gensel was offered a deal which he liked, he decided to sign it, would that be the best outcome for you with Jake Gensel moving forward? A deal that he liked? Yes. Not if it was for $11 million a year, no. The best outcome would be a real hockey trade if he wants that much money where you bring back maybe a different kind of player. Okay, but let's say they offered it. He turned – what did he turn down? Like six and a half, seven million a year or something of that nature. They offered him something. Let's say it gets up to nine million a year. They can do it because given the cap going up next year, given uh, contracts they can get rid of, they could do it. Is that the right move for the Penguins beyond this year? I mean, if you can get him at a decent rate, yeah. So you're going against what you said before then. Which was which what? Which was this team has to think younger and has to bring in more opportunities. Well, I mentioned eight guys. You don't have to trade every single one of them. I mentioned Gensel. I mentioned Rust. I mentioned Pedersen. I mentioned Eller. But at I some point, you Riley want change. Smith, you, I want, you, you, have to get, you have to create some change yeah, in you order could to trade achieve the goal six, of getting younger. Six guys and not trade Gensel, and he's not the oldest one among them either. Um, there's many ways to affect change. He's still, what is he, 29? 29, going to be 30. So he's not ancient, but I still believe that there's an opportunity here to transform yourself and sort of reboot for next year. That doesn't have to involve trading Gensel. Like, to me, it could be a Gensel or Rust situation. Now Rust is hurt to complicate matters. And he also has a no movement to some degree. He does. I think he may have a full no movement, him and, uh, and Carlson. But those were meant to be worked around. One more, Bob, is all we have time for. All right. Uh, let's see. What can I think would be good? I, I was going to go NBA on you, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of the fans who listen to this show. They may not like that topic, so I'm not going to do it. I'm sad about um, that. Okay. Yes, but I'm going to ask about the Indianapolis Combine. It begins today. The Steelers have an opportunity to look at a lot of different positions. If I were to ask you right now, first two picks of this draft for them, my answer would be offensive line and defensive line. What would your answer be? Offensive line, and we haven't even gotten into the Mason Cole release yet today. Well, that's why I'm asking What did you make question. of that? I was surprised it happened when it did because it didn't seem like there was any reason to do it now. But if that was their plan, they're going to give him a chance to get another job. That's, that's nice for them to do it, and, and he can move on. But it also leaves him with a glaring hole at a very important position. They have internal answers who can who can maybe play, but it's not in their best interest to do that. So they're going to have to – I mean, to me, they've telegraphed their first need, and it would be a center, right? Unless they find someone in free agency, and I don't know who's available. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. 
first or second so round what for would a be center. Your, so, so first and second round, I say offensive line, defensive line. You would say the same? I agree. You... I agree with every syllable you just said. What about inside linebacker? Well, what about another corner? What about a receiver? What about a tackle? You know, so there's a lot of things. So yeah, all those things could be on the docket. But I like I uh, up front they've left themselves a little short here defensively because of draft picks that didn't work out. Cam's getting older. Ogan Joby was a bad contract, and then offensively there's a giant hole in the middle now. And they also are not absolutely sure how the quarterback room is going to stack. <laughs> and that too. That's that's that another. Too. That's yeah. the sixty-four thousand dollars question. It has to be answered sometime soon. Whether it's Mason Rudolph, they're going to make him an offer. I do know that. What it is and does it suit him will determine what they do next. Thank you, Bob, for thank a wonderful you, Joe, showdown. Charlie. And thank you, Nelly. That was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Coming up next, uh, Terry Hanratty, of all people, former Steelers quarterback, said something about the quarterbacks in this draft that I fully agree with. Plus, I have every play caller in the NFL ranked here. And I'm going to tell Bob and Nelly who they are, and we'll see where the Steelers guy ranks among best play callers in the NFL. We'll do that next. Bob Pompiani in for the entire day today. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Fiat. That's Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years so yes a little bit of football at the top um peter king one of the things he said in his retirement column was he hates mock drafts bob i like them if you take them i'm for with what peter they're... king because they change every day but you can make fun. What, you can make okay but you can make any conclusion you want to make but they're I, I don't think people mean them to be taken that seriously other than the evaluation of prospects and who who might be on the board when the Steelers pick? I'm not reading it thinking, oh, Ryan Wilson, or that Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports thinks that he's nailing it, 1 through 32. I'm reading it for but fun if you, if and interest put, and enjoyment. If you put enough of them out there, at the end of the day, if you hit one that looks real good, you'll be the first to say, look, I had this right, but you also had 35 others that were wrong. I think they're fun. Nelly. Okay, fun. Bob went this. Mark this down as the day that Bob officially turned into an old fuddy duddy. No, not he true. He hates mock drafts. He hates court I didn't storming. Say I, you asked anything me if, else, Bob? That you hate court storming when it involves Get off Bob's when, it, when lawn. it involves big time players and injuries are part of it. Are it's a problem. You agree with that? You have said so. Also, you want to take a different measure. You want to make sure it's delayed. Okay, delayed gratification. Go out and run around. Do what you got to do on the court. You think Jason DeLay will be the Pirates' second catcher? Yes. No, you don't. It'll yes, be. I do. You think Hank Davis is going to the minors? Unless he shows them something that he hasn't shown them yet. Oh, I still well. like his bat. I, I see. This is the problem with his with this situation. He has to be in this lineup. Yes. He's the one guy. He looks like. He looks like. Uh, who does he look like now? Um, a big. Uh, his muscular body. Uh, who, uh, there's got to be somebody. Who Whenever played, he holds think, the bat, it looks like he's going to yeah, ground it and into he, sawdust. And he has power. They need power. He has to be in this lineup. I wish he would just relax and play. That's what they need to do with him. By the way, your coach, Sean McDermott, guarantees the Bills will win a Super Bowl. His quote, it's not just a matter of if, it's just a matter of when it will happen. Yeah, maybe stop the other guys with 13 seconds <laughs> left. Sean. If I recall, Bob also did have a problem with the uh, waste management open to add on to the 
And Bob I, I, didn't no, like the waste and, and management right. open hey, because Nelly, of the, that's Nelly, right. Get off Nelly. Bob's lawn. Get I, off my I, lawn. I was the guy who first said I like that concept, but it could go too far. I'm just telling you they need to reel this stuff in. That's all I'm telling you. It hasn't changed I, my opinion of it. Don't celebrate. About, don't no, celebrate no. wins. You're gonna go don't to the, have go fun to the at wasted management golf tournament. Off and what's the third Joe, thing, Joe? Let me Nelly? ask you something. What's, you're what's gonna go to the wasted thing? management golf tournament yes. and have fights break out, and yes. somebody fell and actually injured their knee. ACL surgery required. You want to go to a golf tournament and see that? Yes. Go ahead. I want to see have more that of it. on your I lawn. See I don't people, want it on my lawn. I want to lawn. see people dumping beer over their heads. I want to see them diving into bunkers. I want to see them tackling the golfers. <laughs> Joe, I believe this is what we call poking the bear. <laughs> poking the bob. Poking the bob. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that should be a new segment. I like the concept. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Poking the Bob. Poking the Bob is a new segment every Monday, Bob. Are you game for <laughs> no, that? No, because you're not. You're going to run out of things to poke me. I, I don't feel this way about a lot of things, but when it gets off or into the deep Bob, end. Get off Bob's lawn could be a segment. And in, today it was don't celebrate wins. I don't, didn't see that. What is don't have it? You're taking your twisting. Don't celebrate wins. That's the thing wins. about the segment. I'm not saying that. That's what makes the, perf- the segment don't, so perfect. Don't, you say something, and then we'll just twist it. Don't a have fun bit. at a golf tournament. Twist we must be reverential at golf tournaments. And what's the third thing? No, just no fun in general. No mock drafts. Yeah, mock no mock drafts. drafts. Yeah, no mock drafts. But I felt that all along. It hasn't changed. I just don't put a lot of stock in them. You can have fun all you want, Joe. Thank you, Bob. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Partly cloudy throughout the day, a high of 62. Let's talk about the NBA. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge every Thursday on TNT Thursdays. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, already have an account, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA Same Game Parley is the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Well, let's switch. Let's move to the Eastern Conference. I always talk about the West. How about Derek White and the Celtics? Oh, my God. All they do is win, 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 and they usually win by a lot. Just jump on a, a, an easy train to jump on there. However you want to play, just head to fanduel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA. With a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays, that's fanduel.com slash Starkey. 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're caught in a trap. We're caught in a trap, baby. Right now, I am. I can't walk out. And I can't walk out. I'm here little too. Because, because I, I love, love you too much, baby. I do. Oh, yeah, baby. Why can't you see? Why can't you see that what you're doing to me? What you doing to me? I need some help. Come on, baby. When you don't believe a word I say. Never do. <laughs> Never gets old, does it, Bob? That was we Bob Pompiani. With suspicious minds. And we can build our dreams on suspicious minds. All right, Nelly. Nelly was on the phone there, Bob. Apologies. I thought, thought we are going to hear the whole he's song. Multi-tasking. He's, he's multitasking. <laughs> we got down it to the third verse. That on the line here, 
is former Duquesne women's basketball coach Dan Durkin. Danny! He is on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years, and he apparently has an answer for court storming. But first, Dan, how are you? You call it a track. <laughs> it ain't to believe a word I'm saying. I absolutely love that rendition there, Bob. Well, you know how it is in this room here right now with the man in charge of this show. That's what I feel. I'm stuck in a trap. But, <laughs> hey, I, you did such a great job with Duquesne's women's program. And it's, I'm glad you called in because I know you have a different – you probably have the right perspective on this. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the call, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you you know you remembered that. I was, Joe, I think, was at the Beaver County Times when I first got there in 93, and you were doing your stick, Bob. But before I – delve into the, the question at hand there. I just want to congratulate you all on a great send-off for Ron. Uh, I don't think I missed too many hours of it, but it's Thank just, you, a fantastic, just fantastic. But um, just a couple of things. One, on the, for Joe, on, the, on, the, on the, the handshake at the end of the game, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that because I believe somewhere along the line it does teach sportsmanship. I know that's not the, the main question you're going to, but you know, if you think about, you know, a thousand games that are played in the JUCO NIA Division One, Two, or Three a year, you know, how many incidents are there? The ones that are happening now are horrific. But if you if you know that nine out of ten times it's it, it goes across, um, you know, without without any hits, then I'm I'm a believer in that. You had me thinking, Joe, with the delay piece. I like the idea of the delay piece. It's just a question of how the heck could you get that done? Some, you know, some gyms, some places, it's hard to jump on the floor. Uh, but you know, if there's if there's anything that you can do as a penalty, if you did, it would have to be stated all up front that hey, if you if if if, if, if storm happens, you know, if you get onto the floor then, you know, you were fined $10,000. That has to be stated in the beginning of the game, maybe a little piece by the coach ahead of the game and things like that. I don't necessarily believe it'll stop it, but it's something that maybe could delay them coming on. I do think it's a a, a college thing like Joe and what's that, Nelly there? I'm sorry. I, you know, yeah, Charlie Bourgeois. Okay, Charlie Bourgeois, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that it is something that, the college kids go. I mean, I'm being at Penn State, you know, at 85-93, and they, they know the football team. They would, you know, they beat Notre Dame to beat somebody big, and they would, you know, they would take down the goalposts. Well, the only way that they fixed that was to start to grease the goalposts. So I don't know if you can do anything, <laughs> you know, putting putting ice on the floor and these guys slipping. But something certainly has to be stated. I don't know if anybody has the guts, commission-wise, to say it's banned. They'll probably throw it back to their to their own to their own conference. But um, I do think that your point about if Philip and I don't I haven't heard any injury report on him. I mean, maybe he did blow out his knee. I don't know. That certainly, I think, would have some effect on what the the majority of the coaches the majority of the coaches feel. But um, well, let me ask you, know. you this, Dan. Uh, sure, Joe. I- sort of a separate topic, and I appreciate your thoughts on both of those topics for sure. I was talking about this maybe two weeks ago because I had read it somewhere, and Mm -hmm. it struck me as true. I think this is the first time in the history of college basketball that that if you asked sort of a, a casual sports fan to name the best players in women's basketball, college, 
and men's, they would, the first ones to come to mind and maybe the only ones they would know would be the first couple of women's players. I think that's pretty significant. Do you agree with that? I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, and the, 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 the tag on to that wouldn't thought that before he passed away that the women's game was a more of a beautiful game, the game the way it should be played as compared to, compared to the guys. Uh, and as a women's coach, I, I do appreciate, uh, you know, you commenting on and Caitlin Clark, and I even caught your piece on the volleyball, pit volleyball piece and giving PR and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, this kid Clark is is going against – I first – I said, Gina, I said, this kid reminds me of Gina you know, Ariama. I said, this kid reminds me of, of Pistol Pete. And sure enough, that's who she's chasing, you know, after his record. Yeah, I think she's phenomenal. I mean – all the stuff and these. Listen, as a coach, just another interesting thing because her record-setting bucket came from uh, the logo. As a coach, yeah. has your opinion changed on how far uh, some of these shots are being offered up? I mean, normally you do not want to take shots that result in a very low percentage, and I gotta believe, unless you're Caitlin Clark or Steph Curry, but now it's become everyone's doing it. Is it a smart shot? Well. I tell you what, if I was a smarter coach at Duquesne, and you'll remember this kid, both of you should remember this kid, Corey Halayday. Oh, Halayday, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The Croatian. Tremendous. Croatian. Yeah. Okay, well, well, you know, just just a quick, if I can indulge you quickly with, you know, we had, we had Croatians and Serbians on our team, which was pretty unusual because the war was still going on. And there's a guy, I think his name was Jim Huber. He used to do a CNN thing on Sundays about sports. And it got out that Duquesne had, you know, you know, warring faction kids on their team, Serbs and, and Croats. And they came in and they did a piece on Halede. And a guy goes, hey, can Halede do any, you know, trick shots or any shots? I said, yeah. I said, Corey, go to half court. She goes to half court and she lets it rip. And the cameraman's underneath it, goes in. And the guy goes, oh, I missed it. You think she can do it again? I said, Corey, half court. And she does it again. So if I would have told her back then, we probably would have won another 20 games to let it rip from there. But I totally agree that kids now are, and I'm, right now I'm just helping families in the recruiting process. I'm living up in Manaka there, Jonah, not mm. too far from uh, you know, your stomping grounds. But I'm teaching them or telling them if they can shoot it, you know, they've got a good three-point shot, is to increase their, as a high school kid, increase it to college range um, because that would make a difference with maybe you getting a look or not getting a look in the recruiting wise, I, I probably nine out of 10 kids can't make it consistently like she does. I, I, I actually say to myself, I said, I can't believe she took that shot. I mean, it's like three minutes into the game, you know, there's 20 <laughs> seconds on the clock and this kid's cranking them from 35, the, you know, the logo, you know, I said, well, now it, it's going to, it's going to take off. Because like all things do, it's it's it, you know you know if people see it enough, the you know, kids are going to want to do it. It's not going to help post play because these kids don't want to get banged up, so they're now going to start taking threes from thirty, you know, coming on the trail. But I I have never seen anything like that. But I do believe that uh, people that are going to be teaching coach the right coaches will say you know you have to warm up the the right way. But I do think they're going to say okay, hey if Caitlin Clark can do it, I can do it. Dan, we appreciate you taking the time, man. It was great to hear from you and to get some insight from you. Thanks for Thanks, calling. Thanks, Dan.
Pleasure Thank to you. talk have, to you. Have, have great times. Love you guys. Listen to you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank All you. Right. Dan Appreciate Durkin. It. Corey Lady was incredible. Corey Lady was beyond her time, before her time, I should say. Um, Do you think that Dan might have thought I'm Ron Cook? Yes. Because he said I had a history in Beaver County, but yeah. he said that Ron's send-off was great. So he definitely knows who Ron is and that Ron is gone. Yeah, maybe that was me. Maybe I'm a he Beaver confused guy, my history you know? with Ron's. I don't have a history in Beaver County. I didn't want to interrupt, though, because I, he was great. And I like Dan very much, and it just would have slowed things down, Bob. Yeah, I think that was a smart move. By Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 33rd team, which is a really great, I think, NFL-related <coughs> website, has ranked all the play callers in football. Would you like to hear, Bob? Would you like to predict or guess as to who the top three are? Play callers in football. You're talking about uh, coaches or Whoever's. Oh, I mean, when you well, say play coordinators, callers. play callers. Oh, yeah, coordinators. coordinators, head coach. If a head coach calls plays, whoever's calling right, plays. I would say yes. Andy Reid is up there as one of them. Give me your top three. He, you're right. He's three. Sean McVay. He's two. Who am I missing as number one though? It should be obvious, right? And yeah, I can't. It should. <laughs> you're having. You're drawing a blank, and that's okay. Uh, it's not Matt Canada. Um, it's Kyle Shanahan. Oh, that's right, Shanahan. Shanahan, McVay. Although Shanahan, maybe the luster came off me a little bit after, you know. Yeah. After that game. I, I mean, thought that I thought they, they should have won that game. They gave Kansas City way too many chances. Where's Sirianni? What? Where's Sirianni? I'll tell you. Okay. How about Josh McDaniel? Did the Sirianni a play caller? Didn't he give up play calling this year? He did at one point. Um you know, Shanahan is figuring out ways to get to Conference championships and Super Bowls with Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I give him still a ton of credit. I really do. I think he's a brilliant play caller. And look at his uh, look at his coaching tree, Bob. No, I know. And McVay's on it, right? Yeah. So, uh, number four is Mike McDaniel. Okay, that's who I thought would be up there also. I've... My mistake. I got the two confused. I meant McDaniel. Oh, okay. Number five is our friend Guy Lafleur, who I think is outstanding. Yeah, I think he only gets better. And I think what we saw from their quarterback situation is only encouraging for them. Number six, Sean Payton. Ish. You don't think he's a great play caller? Yeah, I don't know. Number, se- number seven, Kevin O'Connell from the Vikings. Number eight, Shane Steichen. I really like him, and I love the way he managed that Steeler game. I thought it was very smart. He's good. Number nine, Kevin Stefanski. Number ten, Ben Johnson. You know, See, I would have Ben Johnson a little higher based on maybe you know, yeah. what they did in Detroit. You know who we're still waiting for? Arthur Smith. Number eleven, Todd Munkin. Number twelve, Drew Petzing, Cardinals. Then we get into guys that nobody. Number fourteen, Artie Smith. Are you happy with that ranking? Uh, well, given the fact he's had to deal with quarterbacks that aren't necessarily elite, you know, Ryan Tannehill, he got the best out of him. He couldn't do it with Desmond Ritter. He couldn't do it with any of the quarterbacks they have down there. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Well, here's what Derek Klassen, who's the film analyst over at the 33rd team says about our friend Arthur. He says, um, his most of the majority of his play calling history is impressive he got everything out of a decaying Matt Ryan and somehow steered Marcus Mariota to a top 10 offense in 2022. 
Things fell apart last season, of course, but I'm willing to blame that on Smith being in over his head as a head coach, not being a poor play caller in a vacuum. And then here's the money line. Now that Smith just has to handle the offense, expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to quickly have one of the best run games in the league and a lethal play-action attack off of it. You like that, Bob? Lethal's a strong word for me. Weren't they already yeah, having they a good always, running attack? And you would have thought the play action would have helped the current group before this ever happened. So that's fine. And play action is always good when the run game's good, but you gotta you gotta be able to hit it too. You gotta be able to have quarterbacks who know how to read it and and go down the field and make plays happen. So You know who he has as the worst play caller? No clue. This doesn't even make sense. Dan Pitcher from the Bengals. Doesn't Zach Taylor call their plays? I thought Zach Taylor called all the plays. Wait a second. He was the wide receivers coach at SUNY Cortland. That's where I started my college life, Bob. Cortland State University. How about that? You have something in common with him. You should prop him up then. We used to take a little green bus to a bar called the Pepper Mill and then uh, take it home, and the rides home were very interesting. You visited a lot of bars during your college time. I did. Maybe where, that's where did why you, you extended at, it. Where did you start <laughs> at college? you did. Point Park? Uh, Penn State and then transferred to Point Park. You got I, kicked I, out? No, I just I, I needed an opportunity to get more involved in stuff locally that I wanted internships, and they were a lot easier to handle at Point Park University than at Penn State. I got at kicked least. out of St. Bonaventure. What's you that? got kicked out of St. Bonaventure? I was, asked, I was politely asked not to come back academically. <laughs> what happened, Nelly? Too much beer? Yes. I like that answer. Cortland State eventually would have asked me to leave, but I showed, <laughs> I showed myself out after one year. And then I went to University of Buffalo, and then I went to Damon College, and then I went to Duquesne, and then I went to CCAC, and then I wound up with Bob Pompiani. <laughs> See what that'll do for you? <laughs> Just, that's a lot of history of your college right there. Yeah. I showed myself out uh, from a couple of different places, Bob. Now, did w- were things going well for you at Penn State? Yes, too well, if you know what I mean. Mm. So therefore, I had to get up and get serious. I never knew that little bit of your history, and I'm very interested to learn more during the break. <laughs> no, because you'll come out of the next commercial break, and we'll I'll sign a non-disclosure. No, you'll say everything I told you, and then you'll we'll turn it into and then I'm trapped. You can I'm give me a non-disclosure, <laughs> and I'll I can't get out, and I'll sign it. Because Joe Starkey has me cornered. How about T. Higgins with the franchise tag? How about it? Would you pay him $21 million? Sure. The NFL cap just went up to 30, or by 30, by $30 million. So that. They need help in a lot of positions. For a team like that. It's huge for teams that are already paying their quarterback. You know, one team that I think is going to make great strides, and I, I honestly think Dan Quinn has fallen into a great situation with Washington. Because they have the number, what is it, two pick or three pick? Two? Which one do they have? Two. All Patriots right. three, I think. Two. They have the number two pick. They also have a really good array of skilled people, I think. At wide receiver, you know, Terry McLaren's one of the best. Jahan Dotson, they got a good running game. They need some help, but they also have the most money to spend of any team in the NFL in free agency. So I could see them... If they don't like Sam Howell, and I'm not sure what they think, you know, of that situation, drafting an elite quarterback 
making that quarterback make everyone around them better, and he still has a ton of money to spend. You can see the Washington football team moving up quickly. Yes, and I think that this huge bump in the salary cap is really going to help teams that already have locked up quarterbacks. It used to be that Mahomes has wrecked the narrative, really, that and Burrow, well, I don't think Burrow was signed yet, but the narrative that if you have a quarterback signed for big money, you can't win a Super Bowl. Right. Yes, you can, because now everybody's pretty much signed for big money. Now, a team like the Steelers theoretically would have a huge advantage, yeah, right? Yeah, they should because no one's signed long-term. But now the cap just went up by 30 more million. So a team like the Bengals can, yeah. can keep or Higgins. Kansas City. Yeah, keep Higgins without blinking an eye. And that makes them, you know, I think you can get receivers in a lot of places, but you have a guy who already has a rapport with Joe Burrow and who's an absolute freak and a proven NFL receiver. They're going to be very, very dangerous and maybe the favorite in that division, don't you think? The the Bengals? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they should. You know, the injury to Burrow just cost them a lot. But I think Washington can make major strides. If they play their cards right here, um, you can see them improving quite a bit in that division. Peter King talked about the Bears trading from one to two and then trading from two to three with the two quarterbacks at the top. You can do that. He said, they, "What do you get for that moving one spot?" I'll, I'll tell down. you. I'll tell you that coming I bet up. You next. It's, I bet you it's a first round pick. Oh yeah. You know, so they you could can come up with up multiple more, first yeah, round and picks and still get a quarterback if they and and a good one and still pick third in the draft. That's the thing, or fourth or Who seventh. Who did you say you were going to tease some about? Somebody had a draft analysis of all the quarterbacks available. Well, no, I said that uh, Terry Hanratty. Oh yeah, what did I he read do? this today uh, over at Steelers Depot. He. Talked about, he was uh, talking about uh, Drake May, and he said he spoke to a GM who said this about Drake May. And I swear to you, the first time I saw that kid play, Bob, mm-hmm. I told Ron, I have seen Ben, the closest thing to Ben in the college ranks since Ben entered the NFL. Okay, That's what I thought of Drake May, who's like 6'5". I don't care what kind of year he had last year. I, I don't give a crap, really. He had an injured receiver. Uh, who cares? Uh, this GM tells Hanratty, everyone talks about Caleb Williams, and all of a sudden, guy tells me, don't be surprised if you see May go before him. He's like a Roethlisberger with mm-hmm. better movement, big and strong, big arm, tough guy. I agree. If I, I had the him, number one pick, I would take Drake May. The other day, he threw a ball 85 yards in the air. He's unbelievable. I, I, if I'm, Who's drafting second? Washington. Washington and then New England. If New England somehow winds up with this kid at three. So you're saying that Chicago hasn't made up its mind then on who they really want. It could be any of those guys. They're, they're not slam dunk into Caleb Williams and he has to be Oh, the I don't pick. know. I don't know about that. That's that's. But if you would trade, if you this use guy's... that philosophy, that'd be interesting. You have the one pick, you switch to two, you get Washington's first round next year, and you still have a number two overall pick. And then you go to New England and say, you want to move up one spot? Here's another number one pick, and now you have the third overall pick, which means you'll get most likely a guy like Drake May, and you'll have two additional number one picks if you want yes. to play that game. And they also have the ninth overall pick. Washington, or, would you uh, yeah, keep Washington. Justin Fields if you were them? Or would you? Would you or Chicago, I mean. If you were um, Chicago? Well, there's a part of me that would keep Justin Fields and then trade that number one pick for someone else's number one, a future number one, and something else. If I believe that I – and they have to make this uh, – maybe they've already made the, com- 
and the conclusion that Fields is not the man. But if he is, you could bring Marvin Harrison right off the bat into your program, who's an elite wide receiver based on everything he did at Ohio State. Yeah. You can also really, and they have some pretty good players anywhere on offense over there. So I, you can see where that would make sense. The only problem for them in this whole scenario is you now have to pay Fields. You know what so I mean? So what, with this cap going up? You just said it. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying do you want to pay him if you don't think he's worth the money? Well, how about if they think he is? Well, they obviously, they're obviously wavering. How could anybody feel good right now about, and I like Justin. He's 24. About paying him. He's had all this experience. He's still only $24 million, million, million dollars or 24 years old. So you would definitely pay him and then re- I didn't say that. The- I said it's up to them. to. Decide. I don't know enough about what they think of him. I think there's a lot of raw talent, but in some of the critical situations of the game, he hasn't put up his best. So I don't know. People here want to have him here. If he comes here, then that means no more Kenny Pickett because he will not come here to be a backup. He ain't coming here. They're they're all no, in I agree. on Kenny He's, Pickett. They're not. They're all in on Pickett, I think and they want a caretaker behind him like a Tannehill. I'd rather have Rudolph. So would I, I guess. Uh, here's the thing, Bob. Peter King reports in his final column today, by the way, he's retiring. He copied Ron on this. Just a blatant case of copying, I think. Because remember, Peter King came on the air with us the one day and said goodbye to Ron. Yeah, he did. But he's he's been thinking about it for a while, obviously. Yes. The Bears could keep Justin Fields and trade the first pick down twice. Um, their GM, Ryan Poles. So you, you trade one pick down to Washington. They would take Caleb Williams. Now you're at the second pick. And then you trade again. You trade again, Bob. He says, imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft hall. You ready? If you're the Bears. Okay. The eighth and ninth, their own overall picks in round one this year. So two top ten picks of your own this year. Second round picks from Washington and Atlanta, additional ones this year. Three first round picks and two second round picks in 2025. Yeah, I would do that. So would I. I would absolutely do that. But then again, if Fields busts, you don't feel great about it. Of course, you can come back but in the first round back. next year. Yeah, you have all these number ones. that you With could... Washington and Atlanta's picks. Holy horse milk. That's what I, I'd be I, doing. I think that's a smart play. So do I. But, but would these teams go for it? Well, you don't they may not want to give up a number one pick. It sounds good, but how about if New England well, says, I'm I, not giving you a number one pick to move up one slot? I, for Drake May, I would. Okay, but how about if he's gone? All oh, right, if, then Caleb Williams. Okay, but how about if you don't have the same you know, belief that Caleb – I don't know what to think. There's, there's a case to be made that a lot of these guys, even though they're going to be high-end picks, may not pan out. I We've know. seen too many examples of it. That's the risk. And the Steelers apparently aren't going to take a risk. They're going to go safe and sound here with Kenny Pickett audition year three and a clipboard holder behind him. (laughs) Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And, oh, hold on a second here, Bob. This thing. Looks like it started on fire. This piece is a paper. I don't know what happened with Nelly. This is frightening. The fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. It's almost time for texts in the city. So text Nelly at 412-928-9370 with a hot take in your name. And that's all we need. 
Awaken 180 Weight Loss, social media's biggest loser, Malsey. Uh, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Bob, I believe you have a message for the people. I do, and I'm waiting for a Yelp to interrupt me because that's become the tradition when I talk about Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. When you're injured in an accident, there's a silent Yelp. You see what he did there? He did his Yelp silently. Your wife would love that if you did it silently at home. Instead, no. You nearly break the sound barrier with your high-pitched Yelp. And I waited for it. Now you threw me all off in reverse fashion. Five things that you need to know to prepare yourself for an accident because you never know when they're going to happen. And when they do, you don't want to be caught off guard. So, number one, you got to be certain that you have updated insurance coverage. I'm talking about full tort, underinsured, uninsured, stacking, all these words. They mean something. They matter. Number two, you got to have the peace of mind knowing that from the minute you contact Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, you pay zero, no legal retainer's fees or expenses of any kind until and only if they win or settle your case. That certainly matters, as does this. Being certain that the attorneys whose names are on the doors of their office are involved in your case, and they are. You also have to have a law firm that has a great track record. And man, you can't beat 99.7%, can you? That's what they have at Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Number five, their fee, it's 25%, not 40%, like other firms. That saves you money while you get 99.7% of coverage. That all matters because of Chenderovich, Chenderovich, and Fishman, you really matter to them. Call them at 1-888-98-TWINS. Chenderovich, Chenderovich, and Fishman, remember, they've got your back and not your wallet. Yes, it's a combination of text in the city and what's cooking. What's Cooking? brought to you by your local Pittsburgh insurance agent, Tim Hester. Thank you very much, Mr. Hester. That's your Geico rep, Tim Hester. And also brought to you by Mr. Reuter. And thank you too, Mr. Reuter. Very kindly. Call 412-Reuter2. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. And it's 1.45, time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. See what they can do for you. It's time for Tex in the City. Nelly reads them. Bob and I judge them from 1 to 10. Go ahead, Nelly. We got Brian in Blonox. I'm convinced Joe Starkey missed his true calling in life. He should, not have, been a st- he should have been a stand-up comedian. He loves to bring humor to the show. The world missed out on another Steve Martin. Bob, Bob, you're you're rolling your eyes at that, and you seem to be uh, doubting this man, and that hurts I my am, feelings. I am, and that's a four yeah. for me because there are ten thousand unpaid comedians in this world, and you think you're one of them. That's a ten for me, and I won't let Bob. <laughs> I'm not going to let Bob hurt my feelings. It's happened twice on this show today. I I once did a stand-up act for the softball parents. We were, we were bored between. It went great. Uh, and that reminds me of my first joke. You ready, Nelly? I don't think you've heard this one. You might be the last person in Western Pennsylvania who hasn't heard it. So picture me in front of an audience, Bob. This guy's right. And listen to this. With or without a shirt? Either way. Okay. I gave a speech in a cornfield last night, Nelly. Ask me how it went. How'd it go? Great. They were all ears. Next, Nelly. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm recovering from that. If I were to pick one person to narrate my life, it would be Pomp. Rocky Blyer is a close second from Simon in Syracuse. 
Thank you, a, Simon. That's a 10. What a beautiful life it was. Simon, you're still living, so I'm not going to do it as a eulogy. But Simon says, I'll do it. I like that. This is why I came in last Monday with the express purpose of Bob reading my five-year-old report card. I want Ooh, Bob to right. narrate my life, too. Or marinate my life. <laughs> marinate and narrate together, get narrate. <laughs> what if that lady that we talked about earlier had married the dolphin she dated, Bob? <laughs> what, what Where that? do they go on their honeymoon? Do you take the dolphin to dry deep land? Sea? Or, yeah, go, deep sea? Deep sea You got to go deep, yeah, on a honeymoon. Speaking of the dolphin, this one is unnamed, but it was a good one. I heard the date with the dolphin in New York went swimmingly. Do you like that horse? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, ten. that's a 10. I, like I do like that. Yes. Uh, Christian from Minaka says the Penguins are going to win five of their next six and force Dubas's hand to buy at the deadline, followed by losing seven straight after they acquire quote-unquote help. Hi, Bob. I'll stay off your lawn. <laughs> that's a did, great one. Charlie, did you say Minaka? Manaka. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm from Jersey. Okay. I was going to let that go. Now you've insulted me and him today. No. Unnecessarily, I might add. Well, I Did you me. like the tweet? The tweet was a 9.9. Yeah, I'll give it a high 9. Maybe a 10. Maybe the a last 10. line really clinched it. I say Monroeville, but apparently it's Minroeville. Who's Manaka's most famous athlete? I might get this wrong, but one of them's Brad, Brad Davis. Brad Davis. Yeah. He was a good three-point shooter. He would have shot from the logo if he were still He's playing. friends with my neighbor. Is that right? Yeah. That, Brad you, Davis. He used to have a golf tournament. Maybe they still do every year. Brad Davis. I don't Played know. for the Mavs. Yep. One of those great teams that, that in the end, because they didn't win a title, you don't remember them as great, but they had Rolando Blackman, Derek Harper, Harper Mark, Mark right. Aguirre. That's right. Mark Aguirre was a great player. Mm -hmm. James Donaldson maybe was one of their centers and little Bradley Davis coming off the bench, I believe. They were fun. I'm sorry, Bob, for digressing. Next. Uh, two more. Hi, Joe and Bob. This one's unnamed. Hi, Joe and Bob. Great show today. I just want to thank Joe. I'm using your awesome yelping noises as my text message ringtone just to see how long my wife can stand it. <laughs> Not long if it's like, like my it. wife. I can't believe, though, hey, Bourgeois. He did a silent treatment. He went through a Yelp without making a noise he, in he, deference he to me during my little commercial. Well, all you need to know is I have a video of me doing the yelping sound from the living room and my wife in the kitchen and her turning around and giving me the finger that I showed uh, Ron. That's how much she oh. enjoys the yelping. Hey, it doesn't but, happen but, in but the but house. You see, I, I, for your betterment, you should never silent treatment. It, it, it leaves all the... Your intent is to get that out. I for know. You keeping it in, it's helpful it for me. It backfires. Yeah. It could, yeah, it could come out in different ways. Yes, after you that. don't want it to do that, and then she'll really not like it if she comes out the other end. Nelly, last one. George and Plum. I bought a high-class upscale dog. It's a Pomeranian. <laughs> I, I like, you like that. that horse. I do like that yeah. horse. <laughs> I'll give that one a seven point five. Uh, Very nice. Come on, man. This was the best edition of Text in the City, and Nelly, you made that happen by being judicious. And and very smart with the text that you chose. I get Austin City Limits in here, and he treats it like an afterthought. And if you have crappy text, then they don't work. It went a whole lot better than last week. You, you got to just yeah, pay attention a... for four hours, right? And get the, and keep make yeah whatever rolls you compile yeah. them. You're, you you become a compiler, Bob. Well, this was wonderful. I'll always remember it, and I'll always remember doing this particular show with you. When's your birthday, Bob? In April. Do you want anything special this year? Uh, I just want to play golf. I have no needs. 
Why don't we go out and play golf together soon? Shall we? Okay. That didn't I'd sound like enthusiastic. Well, did it's, it, it's February, Joe. I mean, when are it's we? It's sixty-two degrees out, Bob. Well, Today, would, tomorrow, and you Wednesday. Would want to have fun, Joe. I can't do it now. Not oh, now. I forgot. That's right, Bob. It's going to rain tomorrow. Today that Bob has jumped the shark and has become an old fuddy-duddy. No, Bob no hasn't. No celebrating I still wins. Day. I just no asked you if you drafts. wanted to do. He hates mock I wanted drafts. to do a TikTok with you and waste you, management open. Yeah, with no, the waste management waste open. Wasted management. It's gotten too hard. We need to be hard. reverential in golf tournaments. No. We can't storm the court in basketball. And Bob hates mock drafts. Bob, get off his lawn. Bob, get off my lawn, Pompiani. Give me fan let, weather. Let me tell you something. We should do that. No, 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 no. We're get not off, done Get yet. off Bob's lawn as a, as waste a segment. It. So, Joe, you're actually endorsing the golfer you've become. You endorsed. This sort of juvenile behavior. I want where people, people to pour fighting. beer. I want them to pour beer on the golfers. That's what I want. I don't like the reverential aspect of golf. One thing at the Masters, it's the other thing at the Waste Management Open, Bob. Well, there goes your invitation to Oakmont. You can't carry on that way. So I'm going to. I was going to surprise you after the show and tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you now, were. Now, sorry. Thank you, Bob. You're that welcome, was wonderful. Joe. Have a nice week. You too. <laughs> Bye. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Partly cloudy throughout the day and a high of 62. I have no idea what's happening on the Joe show tomorrow. It could feature Paul Zeiss. Uh, I guess no Peter King since he's retired. No Ron since he's retired. No Fulzy since he quit. I'll figure out something. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.